Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. And it swung on, hit well to right. Going back on it, Tucker to the track at the wall. He jumps. It's gone. Yeah, T with an opposite field home run just out of the reach of a leaping Kyle Tucker. And the Phillies take the lead here in the top of the 10th inning. Forgive me while I be a fan. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning. We are the fellas. I'm Anthony Gargano, and we come to you live from the TireRack.com studios. And uh, you guys got to have to forgive me today because I'm a little bit giddy. I'm a little bit bleary-eyed as my boyhood squad, the fighting Phillies, the flawed fighting Phillies, had an epic, epic comeback last night, as Figgy told you, uh, in Houston with a wild game. I mean, wild game. We had a, a party at my house, and, and everybody was hanging out, and uh, it was just an incredible, incredible theater last night. That The game that ended uh, not too long ago. Just an amazing, amazing 
game that and I'm just giddy. I have to tell you, I'm absolutely giddy. Again, we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So, uh, baseball can be an amazing game. Playoff baseball can be an incredible thrill ride. In fact, uh, David Murphy from the Inquirer said, playoff baseball is like watching a loved one defuse a bomb. And that was last night at Minute Maid in Houston. I mean, it was one of the great epic games. First of all, uh, the Phils are down 5 nothing to Verlander. And they come back and tie it ultimately win the game it was one of the most incredible games <laughs> you gotta you, you gotta forgive me again i gotta ask for forgiveness all day today because i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of over the moon a little bit but this team has been an incredible one to follow and I, you know i listen i get it like baseball is one where you gotta be your team has to be in it right unless you're a huge huge you know baseball fan it's regional compared to the NFL or even the NBA where, you know, the na- the nation watches. I hope that you guys who are sports fans watched that game last night because it was just great sports. It was incredible sports. Watching that team come back. Well, it was just a great game, actually. I mean, uh, all kidding aside, it starts with, the, with Tucker, who is just amazing, right? Like two home runs last night. Gets it started in the second with a bomb that he pulls to right, and then he hits a 395-foot blast, three-run shot in the third to really, you know, it was a body shot to Aaron Nola and the Phillies. They're up 5 nothing, and the game looks like it's over. It's dead. Like, there's the, this is what it's going to be. Strohs, the mighty, mighty Strohs, a 2-1 to favorite. In, uh, in most markets, that they, they were going to just kind of roll away. You got Verlander going, and he looked good. I mean, he retires the first nine he faces, which was which was pretty bad. Like, he was dealing. And all of a sudden, top of the fourth, they get it going, right? With one out, Hoskins gets a hit. Real Lamuto line, uh, lines out, and then, and then Bryce hits, who's been the MVP, gets a knock to right, and that just kind of opens it up. Castellanos, a base hit, and then Bohm, uh, who played marvelous defense at third for the Phillies with a big double to make it 5-3, and that really kind of spooked Verlander. You know, it was funny because Justin Verlander, so great, right? I mean, one of the great all-time pitchers. He he was really kind of ran out of gas against this Phillies team because they were they started to get to him, and in that third inning, and this is where they're good. That lineup is really good for the Phillies, is that they have a great two-strike approach, right? They you should like them if you're a baseball fan because they're more of a baseball team in that. They play a little bit. Their approach is more traditional, more two-strike approach. They'll shorten their swings. As much as they have a lot of power, they'll shorten their swings with two strikes. They'll try to get uh, those kinds of uh, 
those kinds of baseball moments. Uh, but it still, it took them into the fifth when JT Realmuto with uh, with a, a double, the deep left to tie the game at five. And from there, it was just great pitching. Both bullpens emptied. Both bullpens were just incredible. Great stuff on both sides. I mean, it was like that's what really excites me. Phillies throw Alvarado. They throw Eflin. They throw Suarez, who's going to wind up starting game three back in Philadelphia on Monday. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, their closer, who strikes out all three until you get to Robertson, who escapes that jam in the bottom of the tenth. The Strohs, I mean, look, you know, Verlander's mortal, but then it comes to Pan Abreu, who's amazing. Strikes out three and an inning to third. Neris, the former Philly, gets out of the jam. Uh, Montero and Presley are terrific. Uh, Garcia is the one who gives up the JT Realmuto home run in the tenth. That just sneaks away from the glove uh, the, of uh, Jazz McCormick. It looks like they he's got a beat on. He's got a chance, and then just about you know we saw it on TV close, uh, probably about a foot away from his glove, and it sneaks into the stands. A home run. The Strohs threaten. Uh, in comes David Robertson in the bottom of the tenth. He gets Alvarez, the dangerous Alvarez, on a breaking pitch and a strikeout. But then Bregman singles. The next thing you know, you got two on. There's a wild pitch. Uh, it was wild. And in the game, he, Robertson finally ends it on a strikeout. It was a great, great, great game. Great baseball game. I mean, it was over four hours in change. I mean, it was close to five hours, actually. Um, I mean, I can't even remember. We just went to bed a little while ago. It was uh, one of those incredible, incredible game one of the World Series. I think this thing's going to go long. It's going to be a long one. I think it's going to be fun. Um, and again, we'll get into all the football because I know you guys are ready for a big day of college football and, of course, the NFL, which we'll cover. But I do want to start with baseball. It's the freshest thing. It's been incredible, incredible theater throughout. And uh, you got to indulge me because that's my squad. Good morning, Figgy. <laughs> morning, Anthony. What's going on? Oh my God! A little running something on, called running on cold. adrenaline right now, huh? Yeah, buddy. Uh, you probably hear my voice, buddy. It's, <laughs> a little bit. Um, it, it was just an incredible game, man. We had, I had like people in my house, and you know, like my family had the boys up watching, and everybody was excited and cheering. And at the end, there's people falling asleep. Right? They were like, "Get up, get up!" And uh, it had that it had that marathon feel. Remember the Astros? And Mariners played that 18-inning marathon. That's right. And I thought it was going to be the same kind of thing. And then JT sneaks one out. It's a huge way to get a victory in this series against, you know, everyone talked about how hot the Phillies were and have been, and they have been. They've been spectacular uh, through this postseason starting in their, their, their wild card series against St. Louis. But you can't. they weren't hotter than Houston. Houston had not lost a playoff game. There was 7-0 and coming in. They were spectacular. Right. And they had won, Anthony, in every way possible. They'd gotten up big and won. They'd been down big and come back and won. I mean, they seemed almost unbeatable coming in. And then when Kyle Tucker hits that second home run and it's 5 nothing, you're like, damn. Well, there goes the run. But to your point, the Phillies have a bit of an old-school mentality to them. They're not built, you know, or at least they're not playing – like the traditional 2022 MLB team. Get, get some walks, wait for a home run. You know, they will play some station to station. They'll string some hits together. They can get back in a game without necessarily relying on the long ball, and they just never quit. 
You know, there's a, there's an element of grit to them. That like Houston is just so overly talented. They just have so much talent and so many great players. They can overwhelm you. Philadelphia, not that they're not talented, but I think if we're, if we're to be honest, looking at you know one roster next to the other, Houston would have the edge when you call talk about just pure baseball talent. But there's there's something in the water in Philadelphia right now for those Phillies, and everything's working their way. And it was huge for them to find a way to come back. I think the way they won Game One was just was vitally important. The fact that you can fall down, fall behind on the road in a pretty hostile environment against a team that had the second-best record in baseball, a team that had not lost a single postseason game yet, and to come back and get that victory in that fashion I think speaks volumes uh, into the way the rest of the series may go. Yeah, I, you know, they got a uh, – probably it's weird. To, to this team – and let me just tell people that the story behind them, that they don't secure a spot until they go to Houston in the last series of the season. They get swept in Chicago. Like, all, all year, like they get off to a horrible start. Joe Girardi was the manager, and he gets fired. In comes Robbie Thompson, the topper, and, uh, you know, longtime baseball guy type of guy. He comes in, and it turns around, and they look like a shoe in for the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, they hit a swoon in September. They get swept by a bad Cubs team the second to last week of the season. And then they go to Washington. Washington's horrible. They're able to sneak out three or four against Washington, and they clinch it in Minute Maid on the Tuesday of the final Monday of the final regular of the regular season that week. And so they just get in back then. And then it looks like they're dead against St. Louis in the wild card first game of the wild card series, the two game series, uh, or the best of three. And that Friday in St. Louis. They're down two nothing. The Helsley, the Cardinals closer, who's got who's a throws fire, is in the game, and then they have a meltdown. And ever since then, Fig, it's been Belief City, and the whole town, the town that really didn't show up as much as it normally would to support a team because it's been such a long drought, it's been swept up over the last three weeks. It's been like this amazing, you know, almost spiritual run yeah. that has happened in my town. And you can speak to it more than I am because you're you're obviously there and witness it every single day. Even though they were in the midst of, you know, battling for a playoff spot, I don't know if there's anybody out there outside of players and maybe the manager in that clubhouse that thought they had a legitimate chance of making much hay once the playoffs started, even if they were to make it in. So that might have been why the, 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 the fervor, the confidence, whatever you want to call it, wasn't as high. So like, look, you know, kudos to these guys for battling back and playing hard. You fired the manager. You turned things around. You had a good second half of the season. If you make it in, cool. It was a good year. Let's come back and regroup and, and fix what we need to fix. And so now that they were actually winning in the way that they're winning and make a run to the World Series, I mean, you must be out of your mind. But the expectations were so low. Yes. You know, that's probably yeah. why there wasn't, you know, the, there, there wasn't as much noise about the Phillies throughout the, the most of the season because no one really expected them to make this kind of run. No, I mean they were. I mean, at some point they were probably sixty to seventy to one uh, during the season, right? Like the yeah, they they were the last playoff team, and when, when the odds were were came out in the playoffs, they had the longest odds to to win the World Series and and to get to where they are now. And you know what's weird? And Fig, you, you know, you're a great baseball guy. You, you understand this. When you look at this team, they're a good team, right? Like, when you kind of strip away the story of the season, 
and you go, all right, well, they got three good starting pitchers, two elite starting pitchers in Nola and Wheeler, who's going to pitch tonight. They have a bullpen that is now, and again, this is more recent because they mm-hmm. have these two flamethrowers that have really kind of solidified themselves, and Jose Alvarado, who's a lefty, and Sir Anthony Dominguez, who's their closer, righty. And so they've really found themselves. So that's been big. But the lineup, I mean, you got Schwarber, who's got a, you know, 40-plus bombs, yep. right? Reese Hoskins has a lot of power, mm-hmm. right? JT Realmuto is one of the best catchers in baseball. Definitely. Har- Harper is the MVP, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the true MVP candidate who came up huge on Sunday in the NLCS. Uh, and, and then you, you keep going. I mean, Cassiano's a big-ticket free agent, $100 million player, disappointing year. Right. And then you got some kids, right? You got this kid, Bryson Stott, who's a shortstop. You got Alec Baum, who's uh, made some hats some big hits for them. Exactly. After going getting into it a little bit with the fans earlier this year with some comments he made. So he's kind of have a bit of a reclamation story there for him. Yeah, it was a great. It's great because he – so that kid – who you saw struggle like last night? He was great at third base. Mm-hmm. He made like three really good plays, including one where he's deep in a hole at third, and he throws a one hop throw to first. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that play? Yes. And so this is a kid. When I tell you he was a pitchfork at third base, I mean stabbing at the ball. I'm mean, horrible, right? He commits three. Or he has a meltdown. And they he mouths because the fans are bowing on him. It's not a it's not a uh, packed house. And then he mouths, "I hate this bleeping place." Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it was great, right? So then the next day he gets interviewed, and you know realized that, or later that night, he, they realized that you know the camera caught on and this and that. And he just cops to it. He's like, "Listen." I had a bad night, man, and I was just not feeling it. I'm getting booed, and I wanted to be anywhere else. And he's like, I apologize. I didn't really mean I hated it here. I just meant that it was just a horrible night. And then right away, the fans just, they forgave him, and it was just like this weird bonding thing because he owned it. And it should be a lesson because he was a kid, right? It should be a lesson to all professional athletes in any town that if you know you get caught doing something like that, just own it, and then you know ask for forgiveness, and people want to forgive. Yeah, instead of saying like, oh, you know, that's not what I didn't really say that you guys are you guys are lip readers all of a sudden, you know, instead of being combative, right. which like ninety percent of guys would be, Anthony, these days we know how these guys operate. And to your point, for it to be a young kid who's struggling with expectations, and to have that happen to him, for him to react that way shows his maturity even at his young age, to react that way. And now he's playing on the biggest stage and really a catalyst, a key catalyst as to why they're playing as well as they're playing. Uh, it's It really is uh, spectacular. It, it's unbelievable. You mentioned Castellanos, you know, struggling with the bat this year. May have come up with one of the best defensive plays of the season, uh, that sliding catch to essentially save the game and send it to extra innings because if that yeah, ball drops, the game is over. It's over. In the bottom of the ninth. Right, Pena saws one off into right field, and it's got eyes, and he makes this diving catch, and you know it's nuts. And you know, listen, he's a horrible outfielder. Yeah, he's, he's he rates so so low defensively at all the all the advanced metrics, and even just with the eyeball test, generally. That's why yeah. I think even Joe Davis said, of all people, <laughs> Castellanos makes the catch. It's unbelievable. Yeah, like when I tell you, you know, I've seen him. He he's more of a butcher. 
to my man Monzo's Meats on Oregon Avenue in South Philly. <laughs> I mean, or, or I've seen him do some just ridiculously bad things. And he made, he saved another game with his glove against the Braves. At game one of the Braves series, the, the, Olsen hits a three-run homer to make it 6-5. They, they, the next thing you know, is a base hit. The Phillies are in trouble. And I guess it was Austin Riley, I think, who hits one to right. He makes the same catch. Hmm. And if the ball gets past him, game over. Mm-hmm. Right? They lose game one, and then who knows what happens. They're out against the the mighty Braves. But he makes the catch and saves the game, just like last night. I'm, I'm telling you, I know destiny, and I know all that stuff. People roll their eyes, and they go, well, it's cliche, sports cliche. Uh, ah, dude, I felt it all on this ride. I've been in every game. I have the kids at the games, and the whole town's like, you know, you know, maybe he uh, just plays by the Shaq principle there. We'll get uh, Anthony Gargano back in here in the mix in a second. Where back in the day, Shaq would say, well, I make free throws when I when I need to. I might shoot 20% during the regular season, but when it's in the postseason, you know, I step up to the line and I make the shots in the big moments. Maybe that's what Nick Castellanos has done at this point in time for the Phillies because it's uh, – Pretty remarkable that, as Anthony mentioned, one of the worst defensive players or worst defensive outfielders this season in the National League comes up with two of the biggest defensive plays, uh, you know, in the World Series, or I should say, in this postseason run for the Phillies. And look for Houston. First of all, they're not not going to have a lot of sympathy from a lot of people around the country. I think I saw a map over the weekend or possibly earlier this week of the country and who was supporting the Astros and who was supporting the Phillies and probably to the surprise of no one, no one outside of the state of Texas said that they were supporting the, the Houston Astros uh, in this World Series. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out. As Anthony mentioned, the Phillies end up picking up a victory in Game 1 on Friday night. Got Game 2 coming up tonight at 8 Eastern on Fox. Uh, so we look forward to that. Look forward to getting Anthony Gargano back in the mix as well. This is the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. Don't go anywhere. As Anthony mentioned, we'll get into some football coming up. Big college football slate today as well as big – Stories coming out of the NFL as well this weekend. Got another England game coming up as well. So this is the fellas on Fox. We'll be back in a second. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back, fellas. Thanks for my mate, Psycho Chris and uh, E. But now for getting me back on. Thank you, uh, Chris. That's right. Take take that, good care of Castellanos. Yeah, that's right. Thanks to my boy Fig. Jumping right in like the man. I Fig, th- that was that play. Like that play makes the same play against Atlanta. Yeah. They're about to lose the game. He makes the diving catch. It's incredible. Crazy. Incredible. That's stuff postseason is made of, right? Guys you don't expect make the unexpected yeah. plays. Nate lifts up, lifts up his jersey to show all of Houston they ain't got a wire. Which I loved. It was absolutely fantastic. amazing. Yeah, he's the best. He's nuts. Like, he, he, you know, he bought Ben Simmons' house. I did not, did not know that. All no. All right. So, so this is a funny story, right? So, yeah, I don't really care. Are we, are we, are we, we're, we're full disclosure on this program. Okay, right? let's go. So... I my one of my closest friends uh lives down the street from him. All right. Okay. He's a big attorney in Philadelphia. So <laughs> he and so Ben Simmons lived down the street. There's like five houses on the street, right? And so Ben Simmons had the house and it was always like a crazy house. Right? All kind always things. Now Nick is Really, like his family guy, his well, he just had a kid, and another, and then another kid, and they, they, the, the, his parents, her parents, his wife's parents, everybody's around. It's more of a family atmosphere as opposed to Ben, and you could well imagine. Ben. Oh, yeah, I can only All imagine. Right? Yes, who had security twenty four seven, like he was Don Corleone, like in the hospital, like or you got to be out of your mind, like nobody cares about you. You stink. All right. Well, that was for the Kardashian he was dating that one time, so they had to have security for her. So that's what it right, was. Right, right. You know, it was a joke, <laughs> right? It was stupid, right? The whole thing was stupid. So he, he – uh, so Cassiano so, spies it, right? Because it is a beautiful home. It's a nice neighborhood right in South Jersey, right? So he buys the house, and then right away – when I find out, I'm talking about it, right? Like, you got to get that house exercise, man. Like, you don't want Because right away, he's in a funk to right. start the season. Yeah. And I'm going, something's in the house. It's like the Amityville Horror. Get out. <laughs> you got this. You got bad spirits in that house. So they start burning sage. Right? Like, to do whatever You're like Phil Jackson in there. I like it. Right? To get rid of the Simmons curse. And then, and then it was funny. He's he reaches out to me on Twitter. We're going. He's like, "Dude, did you talk about my house?" I go, "Well, it's the Simmons house. Like, I'm not. You know, everybody knows that. Like, it's Philadelphia, it's a small town." I said, "We got to make sure. I'm trying to help you out. They're going to make sure we find somebody to come out. I got, I got a priest if you need one. You know, to kind of make <laughs> to, to make to make it right." So he struggled all year long, right? And. Dude, like it was great. He had a good moment, like in the uh, in the NLCS against the Padres, and he was so like grateful that he experienced that. And you know, it was funny. Like he was just like, "Thank God!" Like he had the big catch against Atlanta, and then he wins the game because remember he could break the game open early. He's got the bases loaded, 
and he doesn't come through. Do you remember that? Yes, that's right. That's right. And then I, you know, it was a bad at bat. It was Neris, who the former Philly, who gets him chasing on breaking junk. And everybody's going, ah, I don't know, automatic out. He can't, you know, because he's the one hitting behind Bryce. Right. So they're freaking out. And then so he gets, he gets redemption. It's been like that. It's been a weird ride because it's been a, a very redemptive ride. It was like uh, for Hoskins, who had booted a, a real easy ground ball and was able to some on a Friday night against the Padres and then hits three two-run bombs, two on Saturday, one on Sunday to help win it. Yeah. One other thing that's glossed over in the in the Philly, uh, I don't want to go as far as to call it hysteria yet, but I know the elation. What the hell is up with Justin Verlander? What, 0-6 in World Series games, a 6 ERA. Staked a five nothing lead and he blows it. I mean, I mean, we've we've criticized Clayton Kershaw for his playoff uh, shortcomings, but I mean, my God, it's pretty uh pretty epically bad for Verlander going back to Detroit, it, Houston. You know, uh, early on in 2017 against the Dodgers, didn't uh, win a couple of starts there. Obviously, struggled, and now now with Houston, the game seven against the Nationals. Or game six, excuse me. I think Garrett Cole lost game seven against the Nationals. But still, he has just, for whatever reason, not been the best playoff performer, especially in the in the biggest stage of the World Series. He's not He's not always been that way, too. I remember, and again, this is like you know, 10, 8 years ago now, but you'd, you'd get him in division series. And I, I would remember the Tigers would get pushed to five by the Oakland Athletics like two years straight, and he'd come out in game five and just dominate. Now, again, that's a decade ago, but like – you mentioned the World Series record. It seems to only be at that at that point too. And I just, I, yeah, I'm figure that one out. I guess. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, Fig, I, I don't understand. Like he he was unhittable. The first he retired the first ten guys he faced. Oh, he looked like he was on his way going to you know seven eight innings and just mowing them down. My buddy Tooch was over. He goes, dude, I just reminds me of Halliday. Hmm. 2010, 2011 it was, where he throws a no-hitter against the Reds. Right. Mm. I didn't think – I mean, I, and I went, yeah, dude, you're right. Like, you know, like you're thinking – I mean, literally, the whole house is somber. It's 5 nothing, and people are like, you know, who's going to go to bed? Yeah, you're who's going to go home? Yeah, you're facing you know? a Hall of Fame, you know, pitcher. <laughs> like, it's like, what are the odds of us making a comeback down 5 nothing against one of the best pitchers, you know, over the last 20 years? It, it's just uncanny. It really is. It's uncanny. And I, I, and I don't know why. I don't know. It's, rare. it's really hard to, to understand. But we've seen this happen in big game performances with a lot of players in the past. We've, I mentioned Clayton Kershaw a minute ago. He has, he has had his struggles in the postseason, sometimes even before you even get to the World Series, before he was able to break through in 2020 uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, Peyton Manning obviously has had uh, his well-chronicled struggles in the postseason before he broke through and won a championship with Indianapolis. And then again uh, with the Denver Broncos, I don't know if it's a mental block. It's it's hard to just say that. Well, it's just a series of you know. In this one particular game, he happened to perform poorly. You can't use that excuse. You know, when you're at the biggest stage, when you're Justin Verlander and you're mowing him down. Remember, he had that lull in his career. This was right before he got traded to Houston a couple of years ago, 
where he had that lull. He was traded to Houston, had a huge comeback in the second half, and performed well for them down the stretch. Now, I think he actually pitched well, relatively speaking, in that World Series against the Dodgers in 17. He actually just didn't get victories in that series. And, and Anthony, I believe uh, it has to be between the years at this point when you talk about a guy like Justin Verlander, who has been as dominant as he has been throughout his career, yet in the biggest moment, for whatever reason, he, sends, he tends to shrink. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I really don't. You, you, it's a great point that you bring up with Kershaw. I know he. I, I I know that the Phillies profile well against Verlander, but mm-hmm. look, because the, the, they hit the fastball. But the Seattle, they crocked them. And yeah. let's face it, in the division series, they come after him. The Yankees had him on the rope. The Yankees lineup's not any good. Right. You know, it's very top heavy. And they had him on the rope. They let him off the hook or else maybe, you know, the whole thing's a disaster for him. Yeah. So it's – look, maybe it doesn't end up mattering. You know, you you love the fact that they got this victory. You you stole one. And I think by the very definition you actually stole one to come back from a 5 nothing deficit in game one. Obviously you would like to take a stranglehold and win game two in Houston with three more coming back in Philadelphia the next few days. Uh, But even if you lose against – uh, Framber Valdez, you know, later today, Phillies have to feel good about coming out of Houston with the victory. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I think you know everybody here. The mantra already after the game late last night, it was get greedy because yes. Zach Wheeler is pitching, mm-hmm. and Zach has been a horse. He's drilled their their true ace. It was a big deal when Robbie Thompson decided to flip-flop and go with Naren Nola in game one and not his ace, Zach Wheeler. And it had to do with rest, and they wanted to give Wheeler an extra day as opposed to Nola, who would be going on nine days. So yeah. it was a big deal. But it makes sense to me, strategically speaking, too, because if you were to found a way to win on Friday – just going into it and say, if we were able to steal one with Nola on the mound and not have our biggest ace, you know, that will be huge. And now we can take a stranglehold on the series if Wheeler can be Wheeler in game two. Or, look, if we lose game one and we consider game two, two to be as close to a must win as possible, wouldn't you want to have Zach Wheeler out there on the mound in that situation? So for me, in a series like this, I think it is advantageous and behooves you to actually have your ace pitch a game two in this situation than having pitch game one. You're right, because I think he was looking at going, all right, let me match this up. Let me get Wheeler an extra day. Mm-hmm. Noah, who's very good, had yes. a great year, right? Like, I got a puncher's chance with him against Verlander. Like, if I lose, I lose. I come back with Wheeler. I win. I now have a chance to to really take a stranglehold on the series, and uh, it's worked out. And he sold out again. Robbie Thompson did whatever he could. He burnt his bullpen early. Mm-hmm. Like he brought Alvarado in, and I'm like, yeah. dude, that's too early. <laughs> right. And it was in the fifth inning. It was. And we've seen this uh, more, more and more often the last couple of years. Our guys are bringing in closers in like the, you know, the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh inning because a lot of times a game can be won or lost you know, in that sequence in the postseason. You know, so like if you have the bases loaded with one out, why wouldn't you bring in your best high leverage reliever at that point in time, even if it is your closer? Because you might not have the opportunity to quote unquote save your closer for later in the game. There may not be later in the game if you're down eight to one as opposed to five to one or five to two. You know what I mean? So I, I personally I see and understand why people are raising an eyebrow as to why you'd bring him in at that point in time. But man, if you need to put out a fire. You need to be able to bring in the best reliever you possibly can and then worry about the rest later. So I, I actually yeah, like yeah. that. I subscribe I, to that I, theory. I, listen, I hear you on that, and I liked it 
Uh, it was like two. It was fr- last Friday night. It was a week ago against the Padres. He did it, but last night there was no fire. It was just True. it was a five-five game, and he just said, uh, "I don't want to get beat by the top of the order." Yeah, and also knowing that the opportunities for scoring, knowing how dominant the Astros bullpen has been. He just knew how scarce it was going to be. He didn't yeah. want to run the risk of yeah. them pushing across even one more run because yeah. that could have been it. And ultimately, one more run is what won the game. <laughs> so, let's see. He's right. Let's see. It worked out because then he's got no. I mean, uh, he's got Ranger Suarez. He's the other lefty. Mm-hmm. He had him pencil the pitch. Who is going to pitch Monday night? And right. he's, it was his day to throw. But Smoltz talked about it. He was right. He said, "Listen." You know, it's one, when people say, well, it's his turn to throw, that's one thing, but you're not supposed to throw. Throw on the side is not thrown in a World Series game. Not at all. There's no comparison whatsoever. Adrenaline, all that stuff. Right. Intensity of pitches makes a huge difference. So how does this shuffle, the, you know, mess up their lineup or what their plans for Monday, or do they still plan on bringing him in and having him on a pitch count? Do we know what no, that is? No, no, no. He's, he's going. He's, he's, go, he's definitely yeah. going. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely going. Good. Um, I'll tell you what, Fit, why don't you hit us with some trending, and we'll uh, we'll do it up. All right, well, talking World Series, they did, uh, they being the Phillies, take game one with a 6-5 to five victory over Houston in 10 innings. As we mentioned, Houston got out to a 5 nothing lead through three innings. JT Romuto tied the game with an RBI double in the fourth, and then ultimately hit the go-ahead home run in the top of the 10th. David Robertson picking up the save. Game two will be tonight on Fox at 8 Eastern. In the NBA, Michael Bridges scoring 27 points, leading Phoenix to a victory over New Orleans. Portland improving to 5-1 and one with a victory over Houston. Timberwolves beating the Lakers 111-102. to 102. Los Angeles falls to 0-5 with that loss. College football, East Carolina defeated BYU, while Florida International beat Louisiana Tech in overtime. Injury news out of the NFL. Debo Samuel of the 49ers out for Sunday's game against the Rams with a hamstring issue. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott doubtful for their game against Chicago with a knee injury. Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill questionable against Houston with an ankle ailment. Back to the fellas. All right. Welcome back. We are the fellas. Let's do this. Let's. I know I uh, spent the last first part of the show on the World Series, and we will get back to the World Series, but we got to sneak in some football, and we got to tackle a little Brady coming up live from the TireRack.com studios. That is awesome. Don't forget – uh, football fans, because we got a good one coming up. To be sure to listen to our uh, countdown to kickoff presented by Bet NGM. That's every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. Tune in today at 9 a.m. Eastern and tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern as we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, all presented by Bet MGM. We'll come back in uh, Brady. We got to talk about a fake. Oh, wow. Yikes. Yeah. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. Maybe a little slick Rick. Uh-huh. Ghetto life. <laughs> this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Fellas, I got to tell you, I think we watched that game. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. I mean, it looked like Tampa was going to roll, right? They get out to the early lead. Brady looks looks fine early. And then the those second half, the end of the first half, and those second half drives, I didn't know that that offensive line is not good. And I, I realize the personal situation going on with Brady. So the divorce gets public and the whole thing. But, like, it's kind of sad. And, and it's not like he's horrible, right? Like, there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the league. Oh, yeah. You look at his stat line, it's like, all right, he's fine. If you look at his overall numbers, he's okay. He's not not embarrassing himself, but he's certainly no, not. No, even that throw to Evans was a beautiful throw. Yeah. It was a great catch. It was a beautiful throw. Well, I mean, well, look, go back to the throw he had last weekend, you know, and Evans drops that touchdown. That probably changed the course of the entire game. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? If he just gets exposed, if you can't protect him, correct. I mean, look at just like Matt Ryan. The reason why Matt Ryan's not playing Sunday is their offensive line is bad, and so, he can't move. He's he a pylon. He also has a bit of a noodle arm these days too. So, yeah, so yeah. He don't help. have the he don't have the old Matt Ryan arm. I agree with you. Yeah. But it's even worse that he can't move. Correct, and that's why Ellinger is in there because he can move to a certain degree. It's the Drew Bledsoe, Tony Romo thing to a certain degree all over again. Yes. Yes. You know. But the Brady thing is, to your point, it is sad, and it's almost like you wish he would have just wrote, just retired while he was on top. You know, they win that Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, his first year there. He wins one without Belichick, plays well. I don't think he was dominant, but he played well in the game, and he decides to come back. And look, they had to almost come back against the Rams in the playoffs last year. He had a phenomenal year last year with the numbers, but there was just too much noise, too many things going on around himself personally the team had issues with offensive line issues coming into training camp and then the fact that he leaves camp and then he leaves practice during the you know during the regular season for a couple of days there's just too much going on around the around him personally going on around the team and I think it it served as a major distraction for and them he did retire too like he did yes. retire and there was a the whole thing where Schefter scooped him on his retirement he still went through it and then suddenly you know give it a few weeks and He's yeah, coming but, back. It's just but he retired. I, I thought that whole thing was was 
shady from the beginning because he wanted to go to Miami. Remember that Correct. comes out. Yes, that he wants to go to Miami. They got a they got a deal that's going to happen, and all that all that stuff is it's so much so that that he didn't get along with Arians, and so then Arians gets bumped up. Once they realize he's got to go back to Tampa, suddenly Bruce Arians doesn't want to coach anymore. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, right? You know, like. Yeah. Come on, like it's all things shady, and, and we know that he was going to go play with Miami, and it all has to do with the. Listen, if you if the, if they played if he played behind a great offensive line, I I think he'd still be himself or close to it. Or if they any say yeah, if they had a semblance of a running game, which would make things easier for him, that would absolutely which, help. Yeah, which goes part and parcel with that line again, sure, right? Because like you know you can't they can't get any kind of traction going. But it is kind of, it's still not the same. It's still watching him with no answers. And I thought short week at home, they're gonna they're and with Baltimore's defense not that good. Not at all. No. All right. I thought, wow, they it's a zone Brady's a zone killer. And I thought Tampa was gonna roll Thursday, to be honest with you. Roll. Wow. I, I still thought Baltimore would win. Uh, I thought Tampa I don't know if I don't know who was favored in the game, but I thought Tampa would have made a game of it, and it would have been close. Tampa was a one and a half. It was close. It was okay. a one and a half. Yeah, point. so, I mean, it's not a pick em, but if it's one right. and a half to two, yeah. but almost a pick em. Yep. Uh, I would have gone with Baltimore because, that honestly, that Tampa defense hasn't been very impressive this year either, especially against the run, and that's the glaring thing too. I mean, Dominican Sue is still sitting out there on the street. You might want to give him a call and see if he, uh, if he wants to suit up because – as much as we talk about the, the the Buccaneers' offense and the struggles they've had, that defense has not been what they have been the last couple of years. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I I completely agree with you. But I, I you know, it's the same thing because Baltimore the same way. But man, I, oh, wow, it was just wa- watching him struggle. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's just not, not. It's not where we're used to as football fans. Not at all, all right. We'll come back. Uh, Big Al, we'll start with college coming up next. Fellas on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER 
Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Oh, happy, happy Fox Football Saturday in our World Series Saturday. I can't let that go. Uh, we come to you live, ladies and gentlemen, from the TireRack.com, studios TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. And on match selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Wow. <clears throat> Just uh, I'm on my adrenaline run from the uh, World Series that began one nothing. Uh, let's take that little transition into some college football because it's some good games today, Fig. Uh, yeah, a lot of good games on the lineup uh, on the docket. I know the big matchup. Uh, is in the Big Ten, the big noon kickoff on Fox uh, between Ohio State and Penn State. Definitely uh, want to get in uh, to that one. And then uh, TCU is a, is a team that's been talked about a lot this past week as well. Uh, had to have some comeback efforts the last couple of weekends. They climbed themselves into the top ten at number seven in the rankings. Uh, they, they go on the road to face West Virginia, a place where I know Max Dugan has uh, has struggled the last his last couple of starts. But they find a way to get themselves a victory at West Virginia, all of a sudden it looks like it might be somewhat of a smooth sailing the rest of the way. Texas Tech is not going to be easy. At Texas is a tough one. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how the college football playoff rankings shake out coming up on Tuesday, I believe, will be the first edition uh, of those rankings. Uh, but, they, look, they've been living on the edge the last couple of weeks against Kansas State and Oklahoma State. So that's going to be a big one as well. And just uh, talking about the uh, TCU and their situation, but the big game obviously is the big noon kickoff, Ohio State and Penn State. Yeah, man, that's a great game. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, the Buckeyes 15-and-a-half point favorite. Now, Penn State looked a lot better against Minnesota last week. They did. But you know, I just think this Buckeye team is is too strong, man. I I don't I don't know. I mean, I look yeah. at them and I go, I I I don't see it. I think uh, I think Buckeyes roll. Yeah, you feel like you know Penn State's like only the the only saving grace they would have is if Singleton is just able to grind out the game and have some big plays on the ground and they can kind of play keep away from the Ohio State offense. I just don't see that happening. Is the problem? And as good as Penn State is defensively, especially on the back end. C.J. Shroud is just playing at another level right now. So that's going to be tough sled. And I think it's 15 and a half. I think if Penn State can, can lose by 10, if they can find a way to cover the spread, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, maybe if it was a Saturday night game in Happy Valley and yeah. a whiteout and, uh, you know, where you got – sometimes just the magic happens at night on Halloween weekend, right? Like. Right. The noontime kickoff, I actually think, it helps Ohio State. I just I agree. You know, you're right. Like you get, you get the game over with. You're not in the hotel all day, pacing, and the crowd. You can feed off that adrenaline, all that stuff. Yeah, and it's still. I mean, even though it's not a night game, you know, it's still a big nationally televised game. It still could have been the whiteout. I'm surprised they just selected the Minnesota game last week to be the, their, their wideout game as opposed to this one against Ohio State, knowing even coming into the season how big of a matchup this was going to be for them. So a little puzzling there for me. I think ultimately, too, just Penn State's not the kind of team set up on defense to really, you know, stop Ohio State. We, You know, what, what, what you've seen of Ohio State is when you can stop them on defense, it disrupts them on the tempo. But there's precious few teams that can really do that. It took, you know, a loaded Michigan defense last year to really do that. And I just don't... 
I don't see where that comes from with the Penn State defense right now to kind of disrupt their flow and then take advantage of it. Because, I mean, they, they have the offense to take advantage of it if they do, but, yeah, I, I still see this going very heavily to Ohio State. And I just don't know if Penn State offensively can do enough, you know, against or excuse me, Penn State can do enough against Ohio State defensively to slow them down, you know, or to keep themselves in the game. So not only is Penn State going to have a challenge in slowing down the Ohio State offense, they just can't keep up and score enough points, I don't think, against that Ohio State defense. So I'm, I'm finding it a hard way, a hard road to find a way that Penn State can actually stay in this game. It's hard for me to conceive it. Unless he puts the kid in. <laughs> Still riding on Drew Alara. Still banging the table. I mean, why not? Look, I mean, I don't know. These things do happen. Like, I remember uh, Sam Darnold when he was at USC, and everybody and their mother would scream up and down, man, this guy is a, is a baller. He's the best quarterback on the field every single time. And they just kept running Max Brown out there, who was a big-time Gatorade player of the year at quarterback and all that, but he wasn't anything special. He was decent. He gets hurt. They throw Darnold in there, and then USC rattles off like nine straight wins and wins the Rose Bowl against Penn State, and the rest is history. But everybody who had eyes and was out there knew that Sam Darnold was the better player. But for whatever reason, and we've talked about this, politics, whatever else, Brown played. And that seems to be the same situation with Clifford. Clifford's been there for 95 years, and Drew Allar is the new, the new hot shot. I don't know if they're just doing it out of respect to Sean Clifford, I don't know if that's the way to operate because if you're, if you're James Franklin, about respect. If you're James Franklin, the, the the object of the game is to win football games. So if he, tr- I still, I still sit on the fact that if I if they truly felt that Drew Allard gave them a best chance to win football games, he will be playing. Dude, he's not a good coach. He's a great recruiter. I don't understand some of the things he does. Well, I'm we've been sorry. saying this for years. When people were saying, like, oh, go to USC, I'm like, if you're a USC fan, you probably don't want that. Trust me. No. His I, in-game I, coaching is, has a lot has left a lot to be desired. Questionable. I, and, again, I mean, respect for his – you know, listen, it's nice to have respect, but not at, not at best of winning. Right. Like, you know, what, what, what do you mean? Who's the better player should play? Like, that's always been the thing. That's – that's the nature of sports. If you're the better player, you play. I, I just don't even get I it. I don't disagree. It should be a meritocracy. And I, I looked at it. Um, we talked about this before. I, which game was it, Fig? It was a big one. Michigan? It was Michigan. And I go, they should start the kid. They you should start that, the yeah. kid. And Clifford had no chance against that defense. He's got a noodle arm, and he can't get away from anybody. I, I stop. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But, I mean, these sort of things have been happening for years. We were talking about Tom Brady last segment. If we rewind all the way back to his college career at Michigan, everybody knew that Tom Brady was the best quarterback on the roster. But because they had this hotshot recruit named Drew Henson and they were afraid of how it would affect their you know, recruiting situation in the future, they did this two-quarterback system thing. So this is not anything new under the sun. I'm not saying that I agree with the method, Anthony. I agree with you 100%. But unfortunately – this these sort of things do happen, and outside of no, that, you're right. That's, I feel like that's that's probably the situation that Penn State find them, find themselves in right now. No, listen, I think you're right about that. But again, I think these coaches sometimes are foolhardy. Yeah, like, you know, and sometimes it, look, and I all credit in the world to Dabo Sweeney. You know, because Clemson was winning, they hadn't lost a game yet, and they knew that Trevor Lawrence was a phenomenal once in a generation type of player. And by week six or whatever it was. You know, they benched Kelly Bryant, threw him in there, and he ended up, you know, winning the national championship and running Alabama off the field as a true freshman. That's right. Most coaches will not do that. 
I, I, and you're spot on. Hey, the one game I'm gonna tell you I'm really looking forward to today is tonight, and that is Kentucky Tennessee. I think Kentucky's live in this game. I don't know what you think. Tennessee's a 12 point favorite. I think Kentucky's got the defense that could actually make this game a sweat. They could, yeah. So the problem is I don't think anybody's stopping Tennessee. But if there's any team that can match up with them on the back end defensively, it would be this Kentucky unit. I don't know. The the problem for me is offensively. I know they'll have Levis back in there, and he's had some injury issues the last couple of weeks. Not that Tennessee's defense is anywhere dominant, but can Kentucky – you know, if it turns if if it turns into a forty-one to thirty-eight kind of game, uh, can Kentucky score that way? Yeah. You know, that's the thing. I don't know if I think Kentucky's defense can slow Tennessee down to a degree, but they're not going to shut them down. So I still think the pressure is going to be on that Kentucky offense to be able to keep up and score upwards of twenty-eight to thirty-five points against Tennessee. I don't know if they're able to do that. That'd be my fear. Yeah, I, I think you got to make it into a slobber knocker. You yeah, know, you got to make you it gotta, ugly. You got to go slugfest. I mean, that's the only way to, you're going to be staying in the game. I, I that's why I think they can. I think they can do that. But we, you know, again, we'll see. Um, uh, what do you think about Georgia Florida? Give Georgia any kind of chance? Uh, I don't have Florida much of a chance. I mean, the problem is this is one of I those. This is just one of those games. Yeah, I know what you meant. This is just one of those games. A rivalry in a neutral site, like it always is. You just never know how it's going to break. Uh, but the way George is playing defensively is spectacular. Anthony Richardson has been very up and down uh, this year. This what, is it. You know, this is his whole draft. Like, it is. This, the, every scout is going, all right, all right, kid, you got a lot of football under your belt now for this season. Yeah. We are now, you know, at the end of October. You're going up against the best defense in the country. Let's see what you got. By the way, he may even stink up the joint. He's still probably going to be a top five pick just because of his measurables. Yeah. We know how this yes. goes. Jake Locker, yeah. of all people, was a top ten pick in the draft. And he wasn't even good in college. He was just a good athlete playing quarterback. So Anthony Richardson at times has shown flashes. One interesting thing, though, is like anytime he's thrown 25 or more passes, they're 0-3 this year. All of their losses is when they've been in positions where they've had to throw the ball. So if Florida is going to be able to stay, uh, hang around in this game and be able to compete, you know they're going to have to be able to keep this game close and keep the running game going. I don't know if that's something they'll be able to do. So that's something that we're going to have to uh, have to monitor um, uh, because we know that Georgia uh, offensively not necessarily as explosive as they have been, but they can run that ball and they have a lot of guys that can uh, that can make some plays for them. So they're going to score points against this Florida defense, which has not been good this year, or at least has not been very consistent. You know, ever since that goal line stand against Utah opening the season, they've uh, they've had their share of struggles. So Georgia's not going to have many issues uh, scoring the ball. Florida's going to have to uh, find a way to keep, play keep away, keep the ball, run the ball, and then you just have so much more versatility with Anthony Richardson in the run game. But if they gets into a drop back pass game, if Florida gets down, you know, 14 points in the first quarter, and Anthony Richardson has to pass the ball to bring him back, uh, I don't think this is going to look too good uh, for Florida. No, I, I listen. I think you're right. You, you know, it's it's been kind of disappointing with the quarterbacks this year. You speaking of Richardson, like I thought this was going to be the batter class. Now Stroud's ridiculous, right? So I'm still scared of Stroud in the, at the pro level, but yes. Okay, so I feel you on that, but he's clearly the best prospect. Yes. Out there, all right. 
Because I look at Bryce Young, I go, I don't know how I feel about Bryce Young. I mean, how do you feel about him? Well, the height doesn't help. Uh, right. But I do think, and I do think he has the the the, way, the awareness at the position. You know, being able to make second reaction plays, which is what they call it, guys that can break the pocket. He can hit you, you know, in the pocket as well. But the college game is just so different uh, than the NFL game. So I think I actually like Bryce Young a little more than I like C.J. Stroud. Wow, Everything, really? Everything is just designed so well for Stroud. How many tough throws do you see C.J. Yeah. Stroud making on a week-in, week-out basis? Yeah. Not no, many. No, it's a good when you, di- when you dive into those throws, those windows are gaping, wide-open windows to throw to. I, I, it's a great point that you make. Yeah, yeah I, you, Chris. I, I agree with all of it, but just it, the one thing I'm going to keep coming back to on Bryce Young when you're looking at just the pro bona fides, like how much is his height just – going to be a factor i i know damn well he's not the six foot that alabama lists him at he's not six foot and i understand drew Brees made that work once upon a time but well go to kyler murray because that's (laughs) your comp yeah i mean that go to kyler murray you can't always be drew Brees on that and bryce young's kind of had he's 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 not had it as comfortable as Stroud, but he Alabama always every year has fantastic wide receivers to work with too. So but not necessarily this season, or at least no, no one has emerged. Yeah, they're missing that guy. Like, they're missing Jamison Williams. Yeah. They're missing their their big playmaker. They I really are. Look at how different that offense was. If you watch that Texas A and M game when he wasn't in there, you know you look at the plays that he made down the stretch against Texas when they needed him to. You know there's there's a certain intangible. As far as breaking away from pressure, having a certain awareness, being able to make big throws, that despite his height, I see Bryce Young able being able to do. So that's why I have a little bit more um, optimism for him despite his size, even though generally speaking I'm not a fan of the shorter quarterbacks. He's shown to me the ability to be able to make those plays when things break down and you need him to make one, when things are not going you know, by design, like C.J. Stroud. He has a lot of scheme throws where guys are schemed open for him and all he has to do is deliver it to a guy that's running 20 yards free downfield. Bryce Young has not had a lot of that this year, so I'm a little bit more optimistic on him because of that. Yeah, I just I, I have some concerns in regards to how much that translates to the NFL, as always, but I'm also in the position to be like looking at these quarterbacks because well, I mean, look at him though. Like, who do you like? You like Levis? I I do like Levis. I, I do like Levis a lot. Other than putting mayonnaise in his coffee, I think that he's shown you everything you need in a pro quarterback. I think Bryce. Young, like I could argue to Figgy's point, I could yeah. argue that Levis should be the first quarterback taken. I think we'll see Levis' stock rise as we get closer to the draft season. I, I mean, think. A, Figgy makes the yeah. case because I, I think you correctly talk about Stroud. As much as I go, I, I just am enamored by his athletic prowess and his arm. Like his, his, but he hasn't been challenged at anywhere close to the pro and, levels. I mean, it's a great point that Figgy that you make. Yeah, not to helmet scout, but you just can't help but do it. But when was the last pro quarterback Ohio State put out there? Like Justin Fields might be good down the line here, but there's a lot that is left to be desired for his game right now. And CJ Stroud's yeah. going to come into the league with that. And to be fair, it's not like Alabama has a stellar record for quarterbacks in the NFL either. So yeah, I hear, yeah. You. Well, I hear they, you. They have one former Alabama quarterback that's leading an undefeated team right now. So there's that. Yeah. Who got transferred to Who Oklahoma? Transferred to Oklahoma. Yeah. Ain't that nuts? They're I can't, crazy, I right? Can't. Listen, my town. Philadelphia must have gone insane right now. Brother, we, we are. <laughs> so a little bit later today, I, my station does something called Fan Fest. Mm-hmm. And it's like a big party, basically. 
Looking forward to that big party out there in Philadelphia. How about, by the how way. about Union here too? MLS playoffs? No. The Philadelphia Union. Yeah. What did, what did I miss? No, they're they're going to be in the uh, in the MLS. It's uh, Eastern Dude. Conference Finals, I think. And who are they facing? Uh, I want to say that's Montreal. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm usually the one around here at Figgy doing all the soccer. And now, you are. You're the soccer expert. Yeah, they're playing New York. In New York. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, they're playing New York. They, they, so they're in the semifinals. And if they win, and it's a rematch from last year. Last year, they lost uh, with, with a lot of their key players because of COVID. And they didn't, they didn't post the game. They had, a, they had like some epidemic on the team. And it was a breakout. And they didn't cancel it. They should have yeah. like postponed it, and they'll get the if they win that they'll get the winner of Austin and LAFC too. It'll be a really interesting MLS Cup. But yeah, if Union just add Union on top of the pile of riches that Philadelphia is having right now as a sports town. Yeah, Philly's title town USA these days. It's in, it's insane. It's incredible at this point. But I do you know, getting back to the quarterbacks though. I would say talking about Will Levis, I think he's probably from a size standpoint, a polished standpoint, probably the one who's best set up. You know, as from a pro, pro prospect to come in and make an immediate impact. Now, whether or not he'll be a top 10, 15 pick, right. who knows. Uh, but but Levis, I think, is, is kind of the guy who I think could make the immediate impact. While I think the best prospect from a talent standpoint, despite his deficiencies at times throwing the ball, is still Anthony Richardson. Ant. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. He Only because of his physical. It's, like, down the line, if I, if I have to bet – on one player from this draft to be a star, it's Anthony Richardson. Right. But I think you make a good point about Levis being the most ready to play. Yeah, now I also don't don't, don't know if Levis has superstar potential like Anthony Richardson either. Agree. You know, I agree. That's the I, thing. I agree with you. I think you're dead right about that. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come right back where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back, fellas. As we hang out on a Fox football Saturday. Live from the Tyrac.com studios. All right, a couple things I want to get to. The deadline, the trade deadline, and, and... you know, the big news earlier in the week was the McCaffrey trade to the Niners. Niners have the Rams. Now, the Rams are a mess. We saw this matchup three weeks ago. We saw the Niners just dominate. Now, they're a little banged up right now. I, look, I think San Fran is going to be legitimate. But uh, I don't know. Can they have the same impact that they had a few weeks ago when they dominated the Rams? Because they are banged up defensively in a big way. Now, I do love the McCaffrey move. I just think it's another good weapon that you have. We talked about that a little bit last week. But I'm curious to see if the Niners can – how healthy they're going to be defensively because that was the difference against the Rams. The Rams could not protect. The Niners controlled that game. What do you think, Fig? What do you think of the Rams? Are are the Rams – is this the burial game or is this the game that says they still have life? I think this is a game where they still have life because it has to be. I think they know how important this game is. You get news that Debo Samuel is not going to play. 
and that gives them a boost. Brian Allen, right. their starting center, is back into the mix. Now, granted, they still have two more backup offensive linemen on that line. Like They've had a week off to kind of get themselves right. The, the running game is still an issue. Cam Akers is not going to be on the team moving forward, it looks like, so they're going to have to figure that out. They were in the mix for Christian McCaffrey. They might be in the mix for, for someone else here uh, as the deadline approaches early next week. You but, think they get hot? Possibly. You know, possibly, especially if the if the rumor is that he can be had for a fourth or a fifth rounder. Yeah. I can see them doing that. Absolutely. Um, because they need it. They have no semblance of a running game at all right now. So you – piggyback that on the fact that Matthew Stafford isn't the most mobile, doesn't look right after that elbow surgery, you know, and he had no time he has no time to throw. So there's a lot of things working against the Rams right now. Now getting Van Jefferson back healthy is is a as a as another offensive weapon is going to help them. Uh but I think they find a way to get themselves right against San Francisco and find a way to get themselves a win. I'd say they're playing at home, but, I mean, <laughs> it's more like a San Francisco home game at SoFi Stadium. There's so many 49er fans in Los Angeles. It's sad to a certain degree, but also somewhat understandable. But I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope and belief that I think the Rams find a way to, to, to dig down deep and find a way to get a, a victory against, as you mentioned, a pretty banged-up uh, San Francisco defense right now and also an offense that's missing one of its biggest weapons and a quarterback who uh, is shot right now because uh, Jimmy G is not playing well these last couple of weeks. Coming off a of bye is such a huge thing for the Rams too, especially when you're dealing with a quarterback like Stafford who just – get. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy G being banged up. Stafford took a lot of hits this first part of the season. And we've seen in the past, like as the season goes, he gets banged up. He plays through a lot of those injuries. But getting the week off, I think that'll that'll probably help and push the Rams over the top here. Let me ask you guys a question. Would, would you, if you were a team, now you look at the, you know, you bring up Stafford, both Garoppolo being banged up, and really it's any quarterback, right? Like, you know, they all take, they're all taking beatings. But at some point, is it worthwhile to give a guy a week off? At some point, like you just get off your bye, right? And at some point in the middle of December, is it worth doing the same thing where you just give the guy off just to heal up? Um, if Josh Allen were banged up playing for the 5-1 and one Buffalo Bills, absolutely. If I'm playing for the three, and I'm not three like, Rams or whatever, and again else, I'm saying that like, you can actually play, but it would do you good. It would do your body good just to have one week off, an extra well, yeah. week off. You know, yeah. this is a claim that I made about Justin Herbert before the Chargers played Jacksonville. Uh, you know, he had come off that rib injury and against Kansas City, and people were wondering, like, well, should he play? Should he take time off? And I said up and down that entire week, you know, Justin Herbert should not play this game against the Jaguars. He comes out, he plays, he gets banged up, banged around. The Jaguars come in and run them off the field. That's one of those where, like, you know what, you lose a battle, but you win a war type situation. Now, granted, he has banged up ribs. That's not going to go anywhere. The second he gets hit, it's probably going to affect him again. But I just thought in a situation like that, it served him best to be able to take a week off, even if you know you're going to lose a particular game. I'd yeah. rather you, I'd rather err on the side of, of caution at that point in time early in the season. But now we're getting into week seven, eight, nine. We're getting into the middle part of the season, and all these games matter. And if you're already in a dogfight within your division against the divisional opponent, in theory, I like what you had to say, Anthony. I'm with you. But in practice, in this specific situation, I don't know if that's something that I would do. On, on a theoretical level, too, like 
how many quarterbacks do we really know out there who even want to take that week off? Like, well, no, you, these, you, yeah. nobody ever wants to yeah. take a week off. But my only point is, if it would do you well, and do, like you know, again, if I'm the Eagles at some point, now I'm just coming off my bye and I'm feeling good and and the whole thing. But like in six weeks, if I look at Jalen Hurts and he's taking a lot of hits, and I you know I got a good re- you know the rec my record's going to be what it is, which is real probably the best in the league. I would take a week and, and let him heal up. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you are in the, a situation, an advantageous situation like that, then that's something you should consider. The problem is outside of Philadelphia and Buffalo, no one else, I guess the Giants of all teams, no one else is really separating themselves from the pack to put yourself in a position and say, like, yeah, you know what, we could potentially sit them down, not give the game away. You're obviously always going to try to win, but know that you're playing, you know, a little, uh, you know, with, uh, with one arm tied behind your back, so to speak. So that, that's, that's going to be very difficult for teams that are fighting, scratching, and clawing for a playoff spot versus teams that already essentially have things locked up, which I think Buffalo and Philly are the only two teams that really can say that right now. It's funny but, to say that that early in the season, too. There's so much the season here, but just because everyone is stuck in kind of this 3-3 three and three morass, like, yeah, no one can really seed ground even at this point of the season. Which yeah. is what the NFL wants, right? The old, yeah. the old parody, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me ask you guys a question. The NFC power rankings, you tell me if you agree with this. I I look at it and I go, Eagles Mm 1, Cowboys 2, and they could be almost the most dangerous. And then I go Niners, and then I go Vikings, and then I go Rams, and then I go Giants. So if in all things being equal standpoint, I would have San Francisco up there too. But they're all three and four. And I know the Vikings don't look sexy in their wins at five and one, but they're but they're doing something right. So I think I would actually have the Vikings one spot so in San Francisco. Yeah. I, I I'm just going as my Yeah. Yeah, sure. And not and, and you know, less, you know, these power rackets, they do this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's more it's more like, you know, whoever's the, the whoever's playing well at the moment. Right. I'm talking about the biggest threats. Okay. Like if I had to bet okay. yeah, let me clarify. If I had to bet that this that uh, this NFC team comes out okay. and plays in the Super Bowl, I go Eagles one, Cowboys two. Because I think Dallas is they? I got one eye on them. I they look dangerous to me. Yeah. I guess I have to see how more of Dak Prescott in this season for mm-hmm. me to really buy into him right now. He had one game coming back, and the Lions kept gifting the the Cowboys a very short field. Yeah, Dak did not look good. Yeah, he was not like, sharp. That's 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 my one reservation. Yeah, one game, that, like yeah, yeah it's one you, game. You got to expect that, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I that's what I mean. Like I need to see. Like, he, uh, he well, we didn't come we, back and light it on fire, but, like, you, you kind of need to see more games out of him before you feel super comfortable with him coming back. Well, the thing is, we know he can do it. He can put up some big numbers in some big games, you know. So it's not – so it's just a matter of him getting himself back into a rhythm and doing it. So uh, to your point, Anthony, I think that's why I would have them second too because they have the defense. It's not a dominant defense, but it's certainly a good playoff, yeah, it could, playoff it's a defense. Playoff, it's a playmaking defense too. You know, if you get Dak yeah. in there who can obviously make more plays in the passing game, Tony Pollard's going to get his chance to shine as the lead back, it looks like, this coming weekend. And Zeke's not going to be out for the remainder of the season. So, I mean, if you have a two-headed monster at running back, offensive line still has some question marks here or there, but they're decent enough. So I'm with you. After Philadelphia, I think I would actually put the Cowboys in at number two uh, as well. 
And then San Francisco, when they're healthy, this is why I said in all things equal, and this is why this the goalposts move when you say as far as Super Bowl contenders right, versus right. current power rankings, right. I would absolutely slot San Francisco in there. Uh, right, right behind the Dallas Cowboys for sure. I, I don't know what it is about Minnesota. I look at them, and, I, and not that they're fake, but I, I don't know how real a threat they are. And maybe it's Cousins or what. They don't wow you with a lot, despite the fact they have potentially the probably the best receiver in the NFL. You know, and right. Dalvin Cook it's has really lost a half step, but it's still is really their good. Defense that good. So far, they've been solid. They've been very solid. They haven't been dominant. I think they've been they have been better than I thought they'd be. Which was, which was bad. I thought they were going to be a bad team. I thought they were going to. This was going to be a team that won, either won or lost games thirty four to thirty one every single week, and that hasn't really happened. As a matter of fact, they haven't scored thirty points once. They haven't no. given up thirty points once. So the defense is actually playing a little bit better than I thought. The offense has been about what I thought they might be, if not a half step worse. So I think offensively they could potentially be even better. Defensively, I think they're playing about as well as you could have expected, and that's why they have the five and one start. Now, granted. Their schedule has not necessarily been the greatest well, either. I, I want to I want to bring that up to you. So they, they won four in a row, right? They beat Detroit, New Orleans. Again, remember that game? That was the game in uh, London. Correct. I think that was uh, Andy Dalton's first start, I believe. Right, right. They beat the Bears 29-22, and they squeaked past Minnesota, which is I mean, Miami, Miami, which was yeah. – which was a good win because it was on the road. I, right. I know that there were, you know, the Tua issue there. But it, it's still, you know, it's it's good. The problem is, you know, I don't know who they are. Like, the, the Packer win is so – looks bad now, right? Like, it doesn't look as impressive now because Green Bay's in such a bad way. Right. Yeah, yeah. and, like, they've kind of – as you said, they've gotten on – we're we're kind of reevaluating the first part of the NFL season on strike the schedule for a lot of teams and you know I I think I think their defense they had a what like points against for them is 118 but there's no really like uh, there's no real producers on a lot of you know impact on their defense like Zadarius Smith has like five and a half sacks right now and you know I think Harrison Smith leads with two interceptions but you know their their efficiency numbers aren't great. For their defense seems to be just be that they're getting away with, you know, they get, give them credit because they're well. I'd say they don't the have team. teeth. Like, like yeah. the figures, you're right. Like they played well and better than I think we expect. They haven't given up thirty, which I don't care who you're playing in this league. Yeah, that's, that's impressive feat. It is six, seven it, weeks, whatever it is. I'm with you. The, the only thing is, I look at them. I go, can they? Do they have enough teeth to make a? Because you got to be able to. Like, I look at Dallas. Like, say what you want, but Dallas is could make a problem for you right like they that defense is a good defense right mm-hmm. the eagles defense is a good defense they have you know they just get robert quinn so they add to that you know that front which can make some havoc can, can, can wreak havoc on quarterbacks so like both those defenses i think are better obviously san francisco's defense when healthy is the best yeah, yeah there's nothing that minnesota really does that you know sticks out to you like you know, when you're when you're playing the Cowboys, you know you got to worry about the pass rush and Micah Parsons. But I don't really know what the Minnesota defense really brings to the table, where you're just kind of afraid of it. You well, just, they have a decent pass rush. They don't have a lot of sexy names, like you mentioned, Zadaria Smith. But they have other guys like Daniel, Danielle Hunter, and, and guys like that. They just are to a certain degree a bit of a no-name defense, and this didn't necessarily get a lot of hype 
coming into the season. It's almost similar to Cincinnati last year. Who knew who all those guys on the Cincinnati defense were? And it was really them that carried them into that, that uh, Super Bowl run last season uh, because the defense stepped up and they had really good pass rushing and got really uh, good defensive back play. So the, the true test for Minnesota is coming up here pretty soon. I know they have uh, Arizona – uh, this weekend, but they have uh, they go on they go on the road at Buffalo in a couple of weeks, and then they play the Cowboys right after that. So like that little two games will be kind of a bit of a litmus test to see exactly where they stand. I think even in a loss, if they show themselves well in those games, that'll go a long way in determining how uh, where Minnesota ranks in our power rankings come late November. Great point, great point. Although that brings it back to like Arizona too. Like who's Arizona? That's a good isn't it, question. Isn't that's it crazy? a fantastic question. Just, like these these teams are, it's weird. Like I try to look at it and I it's go. It's end of October and we still don't know who some of these teams no. are. I, and I, I mean, know there's and, and four I, good teams in the NFC. And, and I, I agree. I, I noticed that you don't have the Giants in your power rankings and even at their record. Like, uh, I, I can't agree believe with you. in that team. Like, I, I know. They, they've gotten really lucky. And again, again, to my point that after six, seven games, we've had to go back and reevaluate everyone's strength of schedule. Like, there's nobody on the, who they've beaten no. who you just respect right now, except for maybe no. maybe the Ravens, and they have issues too. The problem is they're well coached, but they, I, I, they're very I well coached, yeah. and they've got Saquon Barkley. They've got a really strong rush attack, but like they're they're letting they're letting some guys go, and obviously it's guys like Kadarius Tony hasn't produced for them, but. Daniel, like they're going to hit a wall that eventually Saquon Barkley can't get over, and it's just Daniel Jones back there, and you can't hide him no more. Well, you can't run Daniel Jones 19 times for 100 <laughs> yards every week that you they could, did last week. Yeah, like you can't do that all the time. You're not going to you know, be playing the Jaguars. Yeah, no, but I, I will at least give the Giants credit. I think they at least earned or deserve a, a spot in the uh, – in the top of the NFC rankings because of how good they played, especially in the fourth quarter. Like how many, I think they're allowing the fewest amount of fourth quarter points of any team in the NFL. That does mean something regardless of who you're playing. I mean, you're talking about playing the likes of Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. That That's, that that's nothing to sneeze at. Do I think the Giants are going to end up, you know, they're, they're six and one. Are they going to end up, you know, winning, you know, 13, 14 games? I don't believe so. But the fact that they're sitting at this record at this point in time is a testament to how good of a job Brian Dayball has done these first couple of uh, these this uh, this first couple of months here in the NFL season. I hear you. Here's yeah. some trending thing. All right. Well, uh, go back to Major League Baseball for this. Phillies taking Game One of the World Series in comeback fashion Friday night. They fell behind five nothing behind a couple of Kyle Tucker home runs. Then the Phillies rallied back to tie the game at five apiece before JT Real Muto gave them the lead with a home run off of Luis Garcia in the top of the tenth. David Robertson allowing a couple of runners to reach base, but was able to complete the save and give Philadelphia the one nothing series lead in the five and the six to five victory. Game two scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern tonight on Fox. Injury news out of the NFL. We mentioned the Cowboys a little bit earlier. Running back Ezekiel Elliott doubtful for Sunday's game against Chicago with a knee injury. Receivers Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are out for the Saints in their matchup against Las Vegas. Debo Samuel of the 49ers will not play against the Rams as he continues to deal with a hamstring injury. In ba- on basketball, Portland improved to 5-1 and one despite not having Damian Lillard in the lineup. They beat Houston 125-111. to 111. Milwaukee improving to 4-0 with a 1-9 
118-108 to victory over the Knicks. Wins for Phoenix, Denver, and the 76ers. The Lakers fall to 0-5 on the season after a 111-105 oh. loss to Minnesota. <laughs> Back to the fellas. You got to cover it up. You gotta, I got to get like a couple minutes of hoop talk. You got to give me this LeBron. What, what is up with him? LeBron's fine. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah, not him. It's everything around the, him. He's, now he's taking for, he says he's being taken for granted. Oh, sub-tweet, sub-Instagram. That's the part of LeBron I've always been annoyed by. I know. I just, you know. I, I, that I part of LeBron has always been there, unfortunately. But why? But what, like, what's the problem? I just don't even know the problem. All right. We, we got to take a quick T.O. <laughs> you you got to tell me. Enlighten me a little bit, Fig. I'll try About my what's best. going on with the like, Lakers. Can I laugh at Ben Simmons? I got to do that a little bit. <laughs> such with, a the fe- with the fellas. Right here on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER All right, welcome back, fellas, on a Fox football and baseball weekend. It's a Halloween weekend. All right, a couple things I want to get to, but, you know, as we come to you live from the Tyrac.com studios, uh, I got to ask you guys a question, Figgy, like, what's going on with the Lakers? I mean... It just never ends, that drama. It's, it's uncanny. Well, as far as from an on-the-court standpoint, it's a lot of the same issues that they had last season. You know, they can't shoot. They didn't really do anything in the offseason to improve that. Um, and, th- th- look, they lost Malik Monk, was I think was their best offensive player last year outside of LeBron James when he was healthy, and he's someone that went to Sacramento. And now they bring in a cast of characters. Lonnie Walker, I guess, is playing well for them, but he can't shoot from the outside. Patrick Beverly looks like a shell of what he used to be. And so, you know, LeBron's talking about being taken for granted. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, people still recognize how great of a player he is. He's going to end up passing Kareem as the all-time leading scorer. His individual performance has been fine. So I don't know where he gets off saying that. And by the way, a lot of the issues that this Laker roster has is his doing. 
because right, right, he's, he's the GM. Yeah, he's the one that you know begged and pleaded or banged on the table, whatever you want to call it, to Rob Palenka to trade for Russell Westbrook when Demar Derozan was sitting right there and ready and prepared to come. Demar Derozan has this spectacular MVP esque sort of season for Chicago last year, and how things will be different if they just would have been able to sign him and not traded away all the assets they traded away to bring in Russell Westbrook. Assets, by the way, who are thriving. You know, Catavis Caldwell Pope is an excellent role player for Denver right now. Kyle Kuzma is performing great. Caruso, when he's healthy, is good for the Bulls. So, any issues LeBron James seems to have with the Lakers and the roster construction and what they do and don't have, he needs to point the finger squarely at himself. Yeah, I'm with you. Can I just laud one player in the NBA? Sure. Giannis. You know, all he does, I was watching him the other night. All he does, it's early October. Nobody's paying attention, right? Like, nobody cares. There's a lot of, some guys are like, you know, whatever. He just always brings it. He just is always, he he wears it on his sleeve. You know, it, whatever it is, four games, he's averaging close to 35 a game, six assists, 14 rebounds. He never cheats you. Like, he just, he plays the game with an incredible joy He's such a great player, and I just love his effort. Like, he just is a – he's a great superstar. Yeah, and extremely humble, self-deprecating. But to uh. your point, as someone to be that talented, but he also brings it every single night because it would be very easy for somebody with his skill level, uh, you know, and his uh, the, the way that he plays to be able to take a night or two off and still fill up the stat sheet. But to your point, he doesn't cheat. You know, he and he's been spectacular these first four games of the season for Milwaukee. Could be on his way to another MVP year. We'll see. Yeah, I just well, I you know, I was watching him the other night, and I go, man, that dude is just special. Like we we don't cherish him enough. Yeah, you know that that that's the truth. All right, we're gonna come back, and uh, I got to get back to a little baseball for tonight's game. All right, where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, that is us. We are the fellas broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, We started the show. I was uh, agog uh, over the Phillies for the first 45 minutes. Probably made a fool of myself, but that's okay. You know how it works when your team is making a run, especially a run that is unexpected. The magic. Every once in a while, a team has magic about them. And, Fig, I don't know if you believe in the magic, in the sports magic, but these Phillies have something weird going on, something cosmic going on. Down 5 nothing to Verlander, come all the way back. It's white knuckle from the fifth through the ninth inning until J.T. Rilamuto hits the home run in the top of the tenth. And then they got to get out of the jam in the bottom of the tenth. I believe in the magic. I I bear witness to it. My favorite team uh, growing up when I was a kid was the Anaheim Angels. And in 2002, oh. they had a pretty much a, a pitching staff of who's that guy? Ramon Ortiz and Jerry Walsh. Who? 
you know, outside of Troy Gloss and maybe Garrett Anderson, you had a Rally couple of monkeys, guys. right? Yeah, but I mean, it was a hodgepodge of players that got hot the back end of the season, snuck in as a wild card, roughed up the Yankees in the first round, beat the Twins in the ALCS, and... Of course, Dusty Baker was the manager of the Giants at the time, and here he is with the Astros again. And they were just caught fire, and they just couldn't be stopped. And the most unlikely of heroes, game after game after game, Scott Spezio or David Eckstein, just all these names that the grand national audience would be like, I have no idea who these guys are. You know, and but they found a way. They got hot at the right time and were winning games in the most spectacular fashion. And I kind of have that same feel about this Phillies team. Well, it's funny because, you know, the last team to come back from a five-run deficit in the World Series was the 2002 Angels. And there you go. That might, have been, that might have been game six against the Giants, I believe, in, in, uh, in Anaheim, if I remember correctly. And listen, I don't think Dust, Dusty made any mistakes last night. In this game, no. I think Dusty has had his shortcomings, especially you know in the playoffs at, at times. But, yeah, I don't think Dusty did anything wrong in this game in particular. I thought he handled the staff well. You know, look, I mean, it was basically it was a it was a tie game from the fourth inning all the way into the tenth. So yeah, he worked his bullpen fine and yeah. gave his team, if not for the Castellanos diving catch, the, the Astros win. And by the way, that would have been a tough way to lose for the Phillies. I mean, you're talking about a little bloop single by Jose Altuve up at the end of the bat. He thought he flied out. Then he steals second base in a bang-bang play that, you know, had he been called out, they probably would have kept the call on the field as him being called out. And then another just a bloop single that could have been down the right field line, and thankfully Castellanos was able to chase it down. So uh, that, that would have been a tough way for Philadelphia to be able to lose that game. At least if you're going to give it up, at least give us some solid contact. Yeah, just give him a home run like right. this. In real boot, yeah, though. Exactly. You know, it's nuts the, uh, the, on the steal. The throw was on the – it actually it hit perfect. his leg and went into the glove. Perfect throw. It, it was wild. You talk about, like, I mean, a game changer in every sense of the word. Real Muto doing it with the bat and potentially could have did it with his arm there, too. Yeah. I mean, that and again, was wild. Yeah, and, I, and again, I believe if he had been called out, I think it was one of those really close plays that whatever the call on the field was, they were going to stick with it. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's nuts, too, is that when you look at it, um, the bottom of the 10th, you know, they got Robertson on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was shaky. Oof, we Very were, shaky. Yeah, we were we were nervous. We were nervous. So this sets the stage for game two tonight. Obviously, you don't need to say it. You know, it's it's a must win for Houston. Phillies, if they come home up 2-0, wow. And this has been a recipe for them. They come out and they get a split on the road, come home, and the Citizens Bank Park is a real home field advantage, Fig. It is. I'm going to find it hard to believe for the Phillies to get, you know, two or three straight wins against this uh, Astro unit, to be honest with you. So my thing is if they can just find a way to get themselves, you know, back to back to Houston up 3-2, I think they'll be sitting pretty at that point. I'm with you. So let me, let me ask you, they got Wheeler going tonight. Yep. Who is their ace? Yes, that's their guy. Most of the Astros have not seen Wheeler. Now, most of the Phillies have not seen Valdez, who has just been, He's been spectacular. Incredible. Yes. But Wheeler is the Phillies' ace. How do he kind of handicap this game a little bit? 
That's hard because as good as Wheeler is, I know how good this Astro lineup you know can be, and they jumped out to the big lead on Friday night, and then the bats sort of just you know went cold. And look, they were able to get some guys on base a couple of times after that. They just weren't able to punch them in, and I credit the Phillies pitching for that. I think it's going to be vitally important because they, they had to dip into their bullpen as much as they did. And this really goes for both teams. I think it's imperative that these, uh, that these guys both try to go at least six innings tonight yeah. because if they don't and you have to start dipping into that bullpen again – it's a, it, it's, it sets you up for, you know, it really kind of messes up your rotation, your, your arm, your bullpen rotation for the first, at least the first couple of games back in Philadelphia as well. So I think that's the big thing for both teams. You're, both guys are, look, as, you know, I know Verlander is the ace for Houston, but Framber Valdez has been, you know, almost as good when it comes to that. So they can be, that's like a 1 1 8 sort of situation. So the pressure at this point you know, is squarely on the shoulders of Houston. And maybe it always was because they were they were the favorite and they were supposed to win. And Philadelphia has kind of been playing with house and, money and, since day and one. They had it, and they got to the World Series twice before they had won, right? Correct. Like, so, you know, at some point, you know, you're the Braves of back in the day. To a degree. Yeah, it's certainly getting to that point. And this is something that I said on, on our local show earlier this week. And it's like for everybody that gives the Dodgers crap for having one championship in this, this, you know, spectacular run they've had over the last decade and putting an asterisk next to it because it was in a bubble. Can we not put an asterisk next to the Houston Astros? If the only championship they win with this core is in 2017 under, you know, basically trash cans. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the banging of the trash cans and the stealing of signs, you know, why can't you use the same metric there? Because they weren't playing on an even playing field at that point in time. Sure, they've made it to the World Series, but they've lost. The, the Dodgers have made it to the World Series a couple of times and lost, too. So what makes it any different? Why wouldn't you put an asterisk next to the one championship they had and not, and, and, and not, uh, and not say the same thing about the Dodgers championship in 2020? So if you're going to put I an agree. asterisk next to 2020, if these Astros with Bregman, Altuve, there's only five guys left, by the way, anyway. You can say they've already reconstructed the roster to a, to a great degree. But if the Bregmans and the Altuves and these, this group of guys don't win another championship, as far as I'm concerned, 2017 has just as big of an asterisk, if not more of an asterisk, actually has a bigger asterisk than 2020 yeah, yeah. because at least 2020 everybody played under the same rules. The Astros are playing under different rules in 2017. I agree. I'm with you. I'm completely with you. So let me ask you this. So uh, tonight, because I got a feeling, I agree with you. I think it's a pitcher's duel tonight. Yeah, I think it's going to be more white knuckle. Yeah. So, boys, this—I mean, this postseason. Now I'm living it because I have a team in, in, involved, so that's different. But it's had such great theater. Baseball postseason is the greatest thing in the world. The game, and we've said this before. The game is different in October than it is all season long. It's captivating. It's enthralling. Do you think people are in there into it? Like I like I can't answer the question because A, I'm a nerd, so I'm always into it. Right. And B now I have a team in, so I'm way I'm living. I, I if I told you I had not even thought about football. I mean, you know me when yeah. it comes to football. You know, when I say thought about it, I'm not as consumed. I'm correct. I've been consumed with the with the whole baseball playoffs because I'm at the forefront of it here. Do you think people are appreciating it? I don't know. That, well, if they're appreciating it, I'm not sure. I do think there's a certain number of people that maybe wouldn't tune in that are now 
for the hate watch aspect of the Houston Astros, for lack of a better term. I got you. I know there was, and I forget exactly what website published this, but there was like a map and they yeah. kind of did a poll, an informal poll yeah, of who you're it. rooting for. Jimmy and, Shapiro, yeah, I yeah. Saw it. And Texas was the only state that uh, had the yeah. Houston Astros. Everybody else was going for the Phillies. So, like, I know there was kind of an informal poll we did in uh, in Los Angeles about, you know, if you're a Dodger fan, do you since the Dodgers are not in this, are you completely checked out? Don't want to watch, or because the Astros are in there, do you want to see the Astros lose? And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm tuning in, but then hoping that the Astros find a way to lose this series again. I know that for myself, at least, I, I mean, I, I'd watch some of the World Series, but normally I wouldn't. This year, I'm definitely in watching it. And yeah, I think I think there's there's something to be said. Like, I've always had the theory that sometimes people just want different teams. But at the same time, I don't know if that really works with baseball. If, you know, taking out the Yankees and the Dodgers suddenly gets you more people interested. But there definitely is a story kind of revolving around the Phillies right now that I think is drawing some people in and like look i think it baseball will also ultimately be the recipient of some of these primetime nfl games that are just down and frankly not that good you know their losses turn kind of into the gains for for baseball i think some people are just going to be out on baseball no matter what there's just some people who have put it in their minds now that baseball doesn't matter the postseason is a different animal people just keep saying baseball is boring those you'll well, never that, win. Over. Oh, that's my question, you yeah. guys. Like, but I think that, you know, I think for the casual sports fan, that they, they are probably we'd have to see the ratings overall. I, I, I'm stuck between they're tuning in because the Phillies are a good story versus they might not be tuning in because these are not, frankly, major. You know, the the top markets out there. These aren't the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yeah, from that standpoint, Chris, I would think that the the casual fan who just checks in on big events. Might keep half an eye on it, but would not watch it religiously for that reason because it is not the Yankees and it's not the Dodgers but the or a major market. But the drama postseason has oh. just been off the charts. I agree. I agree. But there's something to helps. the regular everyday person that listens to their news report in the morning and they say, and eh, the New York Yankees are taking on the Dodgers in game one of the World Series. It might make someone who's genuinely not interested say, oh, all right. I know those franchises. When it's the Phillies, and this is no disrespect to the Phillies, who, by the way, have one of the faces of baseball and Bryce Harper on the team. Uh, you know, versus the Houston Astros, I just it doesn't have that sort of mainstream crossover cachet value that a major franchise would. But I do think your everyday sports fan, where baseball might not necessarily be their first sport of choice, but it's something that they will watch here and there. I think you'll get a little bit more buy-in from them because they've been following the saga of the Houston Astros over these last four or five years, and might have a vested interest in them not winning. It does, right. yeah. All right, real quick, real quick. Yeah. I'm just curious because. The, you guys brought it up, and one of you, and it was right on. The, the games have been – the NFL has been just awful. I mean, like Thursday night, watching Brady wither, and that team, it was just bad football. Monday night, Bears and Patriots, while it was an upset, that's just trash. And I love the NFL. You know that. There's so many bad games. And then I'm comparing it to – this drama of MLB, I forget the Phillies. The, like the Houston-Seattle game that goes 18 innings. It was wild, right? The Braves. Like, it, it stuff's been like fascinating, like really interesting games. The high-wire drama 
I mean, quite frankly, it's been better than the NFL, and I love the NFL. Well, Other think, than, like, the Bills and the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? I think there's been good NFL. It's just not been what's being put on primetime. The NFL right now is suffering from its Monday and Thursday night games just being really, really bad. And even the Sunday night games have been kind of hit and miss. It's yeah. what, the, what the league is putting on primetime. And I don't I, – I know the ratings – for whatever we can get from Amazon, considering it's streaming, it's a completely different model versus what we had when it was Fox and the NFL Network. They haven't been good compared to last year at all. But at the same time, it's still the NFL, and at the end of the day, people will still tune in for it. But I do think there is something... No, I I do think there is a point where people start to tune out from the primetime games because they realize you're just... Because once again, they see the Bears on primetime or once again, they see the Broncos on primetime. It's like, okay, yeah, great. I can't watch. Russ, Russ yeah. going to play. Yeah, we, we get that for for our England game here coming up here. Yeah, I think week. I might yeah. catch some extra yeah, Z's for that I'm one. Good. I mean, are you going to watch him again? <laughs> I, it, I'm sure it sounded well, great before the season. He's horrible. This is awful. He's just gross to watch. And then you got to no, hear him. No, he's doing about high knees and working the high knees on the on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. It's insane. He's horrible, man. And he's even more insufferable on top of the fact that he's playing poorly and he's doing the same stuff that he was doing in Seattle that made a lot of guys in that locker room roll their eyes at him. Now they're rolling their eyes at him and saying, hey, stop sucking. What are you doing, man? Let's go. Yeah. Shut up and talk talk about high knees. sleeping and I'm doing my work. Shut up. Nobody wants to hear that. Isn't that when you stink? Right. Stop. I'm with you. And I go... I look around, I go, well, baseball did me high drama. I just want to see it. I want to see that sport. I, it's a shame. They're just they're run so poorly. Yeah, it's because- just it's hard because I know even with, from talking to people, there is a this hard wall that baseball still has to get over with some fans who just they don't care. They, they don't understand the magic of the postseason. They don't watch the postseason. Their only characterization yeah. of baseball is what they know from the regular season. Yeah. And what they know from the regular season is – it's slow. It's ponderous. It's you know. It's not something. But they don't I know. understand. It's I just want to see it come back, the, like yeah. selfishly. I just, I love it, and like I look at, you know. But again, I look at these sports. I look at football, basketball, baseball, even hockey. And you know, I know you're a soccer man. I'm starting to get into it a little bit too. World Cup coming but I, up. But I look at it like almost like my kids, right? Like you know, I got two boys. And I like I can't choose between like I love football, right? You know, I, uh, but I I love baseball. I love basketball. Like I want to see that. I, like I I want to see them all rise, right? So baseball is the one that langu- has been languishing, and it's just been so good. And I got to tell you, the Fox broadcast, and I I don't pander. It's tremendous. Joe Davis is terrific, and Smoltz is awesome. He's he's incredible. Figgy John Smoltz. Calling pitches and not in a non annoying way. Like he's yeah. great. Yeah, it's almost like it's like the Tony Romo effect, but not right. to your point, not annoying. Not annoying, you yes. Know, out over the top. Just very matter of fact. So yeah, they got a good thing going there. I thought John Smoltz has always been one of my favorites and I was glad they yeah, tapped him Smoltz, to be the yeah. uh to be the number one guy there. Uh so yeah, they did a, they do a spectacular job. But you know, one thing we talk about, the the worst football game is always gonna outrate the best baseball game. That's just the nature yeah, of the beast yeah, at this point in time. And it just goes back to a larger discussion that you and Chris mentioned, just that that's just how it is. There's a sect of the fan base or of the populace who just don't view baseball as fun, entertaining, exciting, regardless of how high the stakes may be. 
yeah, that's unfortunate. They just don't want it. They just don't want to even entertain the notion at yeah. all. I've just, yeah, I know. I've I run know. into some people who are just like that, and these people are not normally sports fans. They love basketball. They love hockey. They they love football. But when it comes to baseball, there's just a wall that has gone up for them, and they don't care to hear any yeah. other way. Yeah, I hear you. I, it's a shame because I just think it's it's been great theater, and I've enjoyed. It. I've loved the broadcast. I love the. A Rod and and Poppy, uh, Frank Thomas, like I like like that's been a that's been a fun show too. Yeah, it's been very good. It's been very entertaining. They've done a, a phenomenal job from a presentation standpoint, and the games haven't disappointed either, too, as you mentioned. And you have one of the favorites, Houston, against an underdog who doesn't love an underdog in the Phillies, you know. But I'm with you, bro. And, I, I, and again, I don't know what the returns are on ratings. Obviously, we wouldn't have them for game one yet. That probably won't surface until sometime uh, middle of next week. Um, but I'm hopeful that they're that they're pretty solid. Look, what was it going up against on Friday night? The couple of you know early season NBA games. You know what I mean? Right. BYU college games. Right. You know? Yeah. No disrespect to the BYU, who my God, falling off a cliff. Yeah. Now, Listen, great. I, I, I thought it was smart that they stayed away from Sunday. I agree. That was one of the smartest things they could have done. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come back and let's hit Sunday. Let's take a look at the NFL and kind of go through a little bit of slate. And what's wrong with Rodgers? We talk about Brady. What about the Packers? And they got a big primetime game Sunday night against Buffalo. Fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fellas, here on Fox Sports Radio, Kevin Figures, Anthony Gargano, Chris Perfect with you. My man. Cuz, back in the my- mix, still still flying on cloud nine after the big game one victory from the Phillies yeah. last night. Hoping to you take a 2 right, nothing lead tonight there, brother. It'd be huge. Yeah. You imagine coming out of Houston and getting to having a 2 nothing lead going back home? Bro, it would be amazing. It would just be amazing. Like, you know what's going on? Like, and, and so I told you I have this event today. Yes, the uh, Where fan it's going to be like, yes, it's, it's uh, Fan Fest. It's going to be like 10,000 to 15,000 people. And so my guess could be about closer to 15. And it's right across from Citizens Bank Park. Oh, excellent. 
And there's like all kinds of stuff and a lot of, you know, it'll be a lot of boozing and partying and all kinds of stuff now, going is, on. Is this for, is this just for the radio station promotion? Is it for a specific team like the Eagles, Phillies, or? So it's a station promotion that we okay. do every year. Mm-hmm. And we had a rain that got pushed back uh. off a rain date, which makes it unbelievable because like there's like special, a bunch of athletes come in, like former the city athletes. LaShawn McCoy's going to be there. There's going to be Brad Lidge from the Phillies. Oh, excellent. Guys like that. Yeah. So, last year, Charlie Manuel, like, you know, everybody goes nuts and Mm -hmm. it's fun. And Tyrese Maxey was there. Everybody loves Maxey. If they they didn't before last night, they sure as hell do now. Oh, my God. Nine threes. Oh, my God. 15 to 20 from the field. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I got I got an issue with them. I got to hit you with at oh, some point. Okay, of that might be off the air though. <laughs> oh, okay. um, All right. <laughs> so, I, I, I so it's going to be one of those things where, and it's a pep rally. It's going to turn into a pep rally for game two tonight, mm-hmm. and it's going to be fifteen thousand people. You know, that's the capacity that the place holds. It's like a whole parking lot. It's all. It's going to be crazy, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine because the town's just completely swept up in this thing, and. You know, going into it with Wheeler on the mound, could you imagine how crazy it'll be if they came home 2-0 Halloween night at Citizens Bank Park? Oh, it'd be insane. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere regardless of what happens, but with their, themselves giving themselves a chance to be able to wrap that thing up before the middle of next week oh at home God. in Philadelphia, there is not it, enough grease to put on those poles, brother. <laughs> I was there after they won the World Series, so... Um, it was a rain game, you know, the Harper hits the home run. Mm-hmm. I got to send you a video, you'll crack up laughing. Because the, uh, the guy, it hits the home run. Some guy took a video, and I'm jumping up with my cousin like a school like a school kid. And because uh, when he hits the home run, oh, my God. And then I was on Broad Street uh, afterwards, uh, and people are partying. It was, it was cool. Everybody's loving on each other. I took the family Saturday night. They were going. They loved it. It was people were singing. It was like rapture. It was like unbelievable. <laughs> it was so cool. But we do. Uh, we have a game coming up Sunday night that I got to ask you about because Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen is like the great matchup before the season, mm-hmm. and now Buffalo is an eleven and a half point favorite. So, Fig, hit us with some trending, and then let's discuss. All right, well, you're talking about uh, Major League Baseball and the World Series and how wild and crazy Philadelphia is and is going to be later today. Well, that's because they staged an epic comeback on Friday. They fell behind 5-0 in Game 1 of the World Series to Houston. JT Real Muto delivering in the fourth inning to tie the game at 5 and then coming back up at the top of the 10th inning with a whole run, giving them a 6-5 victory and a Game 1 win. Despite the Astros threatening in the bottom of the inning, David Robertson being able to put out the fire. Game 2 will be tonight at 8 Eastern on Fox. It will be Framber Valdez for Houston taking on, as Anthony mentioned, Zach Wheeler for the Philadelphia Phillies. Going to the NBA now, Milwaukee improved to 4-0. They are the last remaining undefeated team in the NBA. A 119-108 victory over the Knicks. Anthony Edwards scored 29 points for Minnesota. They defeat the Lakers 111-102. LA falls to 0-5 on the season. We mentioned Tyrese Maxey 44 points for the 76ers Friday night as they dominated Toronto. Blazers defeating Houston to Despite Damian Lillard being out of the lineup, Phoenix 4-1 after beating the Pelicans 124-111. And the Cleveland Cavaliers getting 41 points each from Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell in an overtime victory over the Boston Celtics. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas. 
And it's a Fox Football Saturday coming live from the TireRack.com studios. And uh, we got a big game tomorrow. We got a big day tomorrow because we do start in, in England again with Jacksonville and Ross. And it takes us to the prime game, prime time game tomorrow night. Josh Allen against Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. You go, wow, that's going to be a great one. Green Bay, Buffalo. And then you look at the Packers right now. With defense isn't what it used to be. He's got nobody to throw to. The offensive line is failing him. They can't run the ball with those two guys. He's got no Lazard tomorrow night. Yep. What, what, Fig, what, what, what like, possibly is going on in Green Bay? Like, we talk about Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's like, how is the spread only 11 when you say all that? <laughs> it was like, right? I know you never want to lay more than you know double digits or two touchdowns or close to it in the NFL, but, I mean, how could you not? Look, based on how these teams are playing right now, Green Bay is, you know, you mentioned Tampa Bay and the issues they're having. We talk about the Rams and their problems. There are tough teams to be able to figure out. The toughest for me is Green Bay. I I cannot believe they've been this bad. I thought there would be growing pains on offense. I thought they'd be at least starting to sort of figure things out by this point in time. And we all assumed that they'd at least get the ground game going, if nothing else. They, 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 look, they might struggle through the air as Aaron Rodgers gets familiarity with some of his newer receivers. But you have two running backs that good, and you can't turn out a halfway decent running game? That defense, which a lot of people, me included, thought was going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL this year, and that would actually carry them through the early part of the season, has been terrible. Absolutely terrible in every measure that you can imagine. This is by far, for me, as of right now, the most disappointing team in the NFL based on the expectations at least that I had for them. Right? No. Yes. You're so right, Figgy. And there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Or to no. steal the line from Mike D'Antoni, if there is one, it's a train coming. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, see yeah, anything. Yeah. Like, what are the positive? What do they have to look forward to to say, all right, don't worry, things will get better? Because I really don't see it. And Aaron Rodgers is throwing his teammates under the bus in the media. I mean, that's not going to help. It's supposed to be the team leader. That's not what you're supposed to do out there in the media. So he's not helping his own situation by doing that. Now, do you believe in – they were talking about a generation gap. I heard somebody bring this up. I, I don't. I mean, is that the issue with Aaron Rodgers, or I don't think so. The fact that they, he just got nobody to throw to, and he's always been petulant, and so since he has nobody to throw to, he's going to blame other people. I mean, I don't know, and maybe that that's the great experiment because he's dealing with it now. Because there have been older quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady up until this year, and there's a whole host of issues as to what they're going through. But Tom Brady's been the old man in the room with a bunch of young right. receivers. Aaron Rodgers' predecessor for Brett Favre was the old man in the room, and he had young receivers, so and had success. So that's not a viable excuse, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, what what changed between last year and now too? He was still Aaron Rodgers was still an older man in that room with some younger receivers too. Like just, I mean, having right. Devontae Adams helps, but it, 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 sure, but big time. But if you're supposed to be the great quarterback, one of the greats of all time, which I you know champion him as. You got to find a way. Put in some extra work with these young kids. Now, if it's one of those, hey, I tried to do some side sessions with them and they don't want to do it, then that's different. I feel like if that was the case, knowing how Aaron has been going off these last couple of weeks, he probably would have said it. So he's not holding any punches, it doesn't seem like. So, look, there's going to be growing pains with young receivers. That's something that you just have to understand. you know. And if you didn't want to deal with it, then you shouldn't have signed that extension with Green Bay and should have asked out this offseason. When Devontae Adams said that, hey, man, I want to go home, I don't want to play in Green Bay anymore. I wanted my grandparents to see me play, so I want to move back closer to home. You should have said, hey, man, do that. 
You know, I might want to do that too. Or put more pressure on the front office to bring in veterans in the offseason. None of that seemingly happened. So if that was going to be an issue coming into the year, he certainly didn't do anything about that in the offseason to make sure that the, that the Packers did anything to bring in veterans to help him. I, I agree. I, I, yeah, I mean, we talked about the Green Bay's weapons, and we kept saying, I don't see anything there. Like, it, it, how, what's going to, how will it affect them? Look at their offense. They've scored seven against Minnesota, 27 against Chicago, 14 against Tampa, 27 against New England, 22 against the Giants, 10 against the Jets, 21 against Washington. They have not eclipsed 30. If I would have told you that an Aaron Rodgers offense hasn't scored 30 points yet, you would have been like, nah, come on. Yeah, I'd say it's, you're out of your mind. Because it's like usually when you have a phenomenal otherworldly quarterback, usually he's, he finds a way to make the receivers around him good. Now, he might not make them great, but at least they're good and productive. We're not, just, we're not seeing that at all at any measure. Uh, in Green Bay. Maybe that's some on the kids, but I thought also, when you listen to someone like Greg Cosell, who uh, is out in your neck of the woods, does a lot of good work at NFL Films and looks at the film every week, says Aaron Rodgers just individually himself is not playing well. No. What are we attributing that to? And who's criticizing Aaron? Yeah. Aaron can go out publicly and criticize you know everybody else, but everybody walks on eggshells around Aaron Rodgers afraid of saying the wrong thing because they know the kind of mercurial personality that he has. He might ask for a trade next week if somebody says something. You know, so let, let me ask you this: Who is, if I said to you next year, A. Rodgers and Brady are playing, B. Just Rodgers, C. Just Brady, D. Neither. What do you got? I'd say A. Both. Both come back, huh? Yes, I think Tom Brady. Now, who knows how the rest of the season plays itself out? But if it keeps trending the way it's gonna trend, they're gonna be five hundred or just below probably missed the postseason. Tom Brady's already talked about wanting to play until he's 48, 49, 50, whatever it is. The number changes. Um, and the sounds bad to say the hurdle that was in his way because it's an awful situation he's dealing with right. with his now ex-wife. But if that was potentially the major issue as to whether or not he was deciding to keep playing, that's no longer an issue. So if he wants to keep playing and somebody wants him to continue to play for them, He's going to play next year. And I feel like Aaron Rod- both of these guys I think are too prideful to go out playing terribly. So is he is he in is he in Tampa? Are they both in Bay or are they in are they in Montego Bay? Yeah, see that's and that's the question that I I don't know if I can answer right now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because Green Bay at least had a succession plan for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. I, I I don't believe that they believe that Jordan Love is the guy to be honest, right. at this point. So that's out of the water. And Tampa Bay has never really had a legit you know, backup plan. I don't know they drafted a couple of guys the last couple of years, but no one that they thought, hey, we're going to hand the keys to him once it's all said and done. So they really don't have a succession plan at quarterback in place. So they might. you know, it might For Tampa, it might be one of those if they're bad enough and they get themselves in the you know, teens or something in the NFL draft, take themselves a quarterback and see if Tom is willing to come back for another year or two to bridge the gap. But I firmly believe, to answer your initial question, that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, barring something crazy, injury, whatever, are both going to be back next year. Whether or not they'll still be in Green Bay and Tampa Bay, that I can't answer at the moment. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, sorry, so it's, it's basically which one of these? Well, both? is it A, they're both playing, like Figgy said, 
B, it's just Brady. C, it's just Rodgers. D, neither are playing next year. I think Brady will still be pre- playing. Um, I, I think I think Rodgers will be playing next year, but I don't know if he'll still be playing in Green Bay. The situation seems to be getting just more just more fuddled up there. And to be honest, just, if he's going to keep burning bridges like this, like I, I don't know, he's. He already eyeballed leaving at one point, and maybe that was the deal that Denver was setting up to receive Aaron Rodgers, and it didn't happen. But I, I, I can't imagine that this situation in Green Bay continues the way it is. He, he'll either like give it up or probably try to find somewhere else. And honestly, some of these issues this year might just because he's just utterly disinterested in in this game at this point too. Yeah, yeah. At times he's done. I, and I would agree with that. I mean, Fig, at times he looks like he's not playing. He's not focused. He doesn't look like himself at times. Yeah, and it's, it could be one of those. And that could be part of his frustration coming out with his receivers. And it's like, I, I've i been doing this for too long. I shouldn't be have right. to come in and teach these guys, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, some guys embrace that and love doing that. And maybe that's something that Aaron Rodgers, to your point, is not interested in doing. So I certainly would get it. I also look at this from the standpoint of the Green Bay Packers. It's like if Aaron Rodgers is going to play like this, our defense is going to perform this way, at what point in time do you say, you know what, maybe it's time for us to uh, to tear this thing down and start over instead of being mediocre? And that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I, I could see a scenario where both are playing somewhere else, that they're cherry-picking the team, mm-hmm. that maybe it's one is maybe there is Rodgers in San Francisco, or maybe, maybe there is – Brady somewhere else like you know at some point you know there's a couple good teams out there with no quarterback you know who's or gonna, with questions at quarterbacks right yeah you know who's gonna have a lot of money this coming off season the certain team that's sitting at six and one right now with a pretty decent offensive coach Brian Dayball in the New York Giants how about that they find themselves to get them an offensive weapon or two get Aaron Rodgers in the mix Maybe you can uh, draft a quarterback for the future. But if you're the New York Giants with a quarterback whisperer like Brian Dayball, can you imagine if they get some offensive weapons in there with a legit running game with Saquon Barkley at running back, the New York Giants I could agree. be a team that could uh, make some noise uh, next year in the offseason if they can find a way to get themselves into the Rodgers sweepstakes. I'm with you. That's a great point. Great point. All right, Fig, this is some trending, my brother. All right. Well, an epic comeback for the Phillies uh, on Friday. They fell behind 5 uh, in the for- in the fourth, uh, going out of the third inning into the fourth, and they staged a huge comeback. JT Real Muto picking up the two biggest hits of the night for them. Uh, the RBI double to tie the game at 5 in the fourth, and then what would eventually be the game-winning home run in the top of the 10th inning. 6-5 to five will be the final score as the Philadelphia Phillies would take game one. Game two will be tonight on Fox at 8 Eastern. In the NBA, you had the Timberwolves with a 111-102 victory over the Lakers. L.A. falls to 0-5 on the season. Blazers are 5-1, surprisingly. Anthony Simons, 30 points for them, 125-111, the final score in their victory over the Houston Rockets. Suns with a victory over the Pelicans. Nuggets, 117. Jazz, 101. You got the Spurs with a victory over the Chicago Bulls. And Anthony, 76ers, a 112-90 victory over the Raptors. How about Tyrese Maxey, 44 points on 15 of 20 shooting from the field. You had victories for the Hawks, Magic, and the Cleveland Cavaliers who defeated the Boston Celtics in overtime. Back to the fellas. 
All right, that's us. We are the Fells. We'll come back and take a look at the AFC. Heavy NFC talk today. Let's take a look at the AFC. We'll get back to the World Series. We'll solve our man, the big brain, to take a look at everything from a betting standpoint. All coming straight ahead with the Fellas on Fox Sports Radio. From the TireRack.com studios. All right, boys, let's go uh, take a quick look at the AFC for a second. I like the Kadarius Tony move for the Chiefs. Look, there's something went on in New York, and he just wasn't going to play there. Tony can, I've seen him can play. I mean, listen, you know we could play Florida, and I love giving Mahomes another weapon, Andy, another toy. Another guy who can make some plays in a run-after-catch sort of situation, kind of along the lines of Juju Smith-Schuster, though I think he's a little more shifty. So, yeah. like to your point, just adds another weapon as if they needed another one. It also it also seems to be just a move towards the future. Like Tony is, you know, for whatever struggles he had in the Giants, you expect Reed to be able to coach him up. But also, you know, you look at their roster where they have their Hardman. I think is a free agent at, free agent after this year, and I forget if it's uh, Juju or if it's uh, Valdez Scantling, but one of those I think is also a free agent. Well, I think they both signed one year deals. Yeah, they're both on one year's deals. So the whole point of getting Tony is not just you know, help for this year. You don't really have someone who's stepping up from the wide receiver core from Tyreek Hill. I don't think that'll be Tony, but at the same time, you just have a a, a younger guy under contract for a little bit longer and just more of a reclamation project. And like, look, what how it ended in in New York was unfortunate. He was drafted as a very odd pick by a former regime, and when Dable came in to fix that offense, he wasn't part of that plan. So. Kick the tires, uh, see what you can do. Uh, uh, true or false, it's a two-team conference. Is it just Bills and Chiefs, or do you give the Chargers any credence? I will give the Chargers credence if and when they get healthy, because I do think that if they find a way to get themselves healthy, even if they have to sneak in as a wild card, they are extremely dangerous. So I'll say it's a can I is it is it a cop out to say that it's a two and a half team conference there, no. uh, Anthony? Mm-mm, mm-mm, no cop out. I I really wish I could say false on this because I I still for as for what the Ravens are, I still expect them to turn things around and get things really rolling. But yeah, yeah I don't it, buy them, man. I, no, I think they're, they're phony. Yeah, defensively. It, it, I just they they just don't yeah, have they, enough. They've been bashed with injuries too. I just yeah, I and, think it's between Chiefs and and Lamar is not. You know, improving enough as a passer to be able to carry them in situations where right. they have to get into offensive shootouts every single solitary week. Yep, and, and, and I, I don't, I don't see anybody else. You know, I don't believe in Tennessee. Yeah, the Colts are a mess. There's nobody else. I mean, the Bengals, Bengals still can't. Pre- they can't protect. Problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. As explosive as their offense no. is and can be, and Jamar Chase, who's now hurt. Uh, for and for a few weeks now, you know, so that's that's right. a big that's blow to them. That's yeah. the thing for them too. Like the the one big playmaker they did have because Joe Mixon isn't doing much because that's a product of the offensive line being terrible. So that's that if whatever you know momentum they had the last few weeks breaking out of it and scoring some points, is that just a giant setback with Jamar Chase being out for a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm with you. All right, we got a big uh, hour ahead. More World Series talk. We got more NFL, college, and betting picks coming up next. Fellas on Fox. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back. It's 9 a.m., excuse me, 8 a.m. in the East, 5 a.m. in the West as we're hanging out live from the TireRack.com studios. Don't forget TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What a day, man. What a great, great day. Another day of football. Halloween weekend uh, upon us. And uh, we're going to get to the big brain coming up. Game two tonight of the World Series wheel. Wheels up. I was about to say Zach Wheeler. But I was about to go wheels up uh, there. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I morph into my uh, fandom right here yeah. against uh, Framber Valdez. I like it. Oh, my God. It's going to be incredible. Hey, we got a yo, my man Kenneth Banks, driving from Maryland to his hometown of Detroit for his birthday tomorrow. He's going to catch Lions and Dolphins and then later Pistons Warriors, and we're keeping him company on the drive. So we want to wish Kenneth a happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. That's great. One One of your boys, Psycho Chris, a Detroitsman. That's right. Going up there for Lions, Dolphins, and hoping to get uh, another win would be nice. Just yeah, another. I like him tomorrow. Yeah, I think uh, a Lions were usually are usually good coming off the bye week, but that was kind of a bad matchup from them, and just probably one of the worst meltdowns I've seen since Jared Goff has gotten to Detroit. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, look, they they improve their defense quite a bit. It, it's gonna be hard to stop Tyreek Hill, but. Uh, if they can handle that one problem, then I, I do kind of like them in the game. I could say it. Figure, figure. Like the line shocked the world tomorrow. Well, I don't know if it would shock the world. I don't know if either team is necessarily lighting the world on fire in recent weeks. The crazy part about the Lions is how well they can move the ball and how often they shoot themselves in the foot at the most inopportune times. It is absolutely amazing. Watching every single snap of that game against the Cowboys last week, it was like, <sighs> my God. And Those last gotten, four possessions. Yeah, and they had just gotten Josh Pascal, so like their, their which was their second-round draft pick, their pass rush was actually working yes, pretty well. well. 
And I, I don't know. They're just a completely different team without DeAndre Swift. So they just well, he'll they be really back. Need Swift to play in yeah. this game. He'll be back, and I think that will for a huge boost because that means the more carries he has, the fewer passes Jared Goff has to throw. And I think everybody wins there. So yeah. So I also like their I like their prospects in this game too. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, this is your schedule. We always like it because we geek out, we nerd out with our schedule. So let's let's begin with college football. And uh, we got a great one. Big noon kickoff today on Fox. Ohio State, Penn State. We talked about a little bit earlier. But I think you and I agree, Fig, that, you know, if the game was at night under the lights, you know, how this Halloween weekend where it's going to be crazy, a whiteout, I give Penn State more of a chance. Yeah, because fluky things happen in those situations. There was a couple of years ago, this exact same situation where Ohio State was one or two in the nation, went into Penn State, and Penn State bit them. I just don't see that happening here. I don't yeah. think Penn State uh, has the horses. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you're ranked 13, but you're not – there's six and one, but it's a little bit of a hollow six and one. You Definitely. Know? Absolutely. Is TCU in trouble? West Virginia, they're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. You think they got a shot? No, uh, I know TCU's quarterback has struggled on the road or just in general against West Virginia uh, in his career, but this is a different TCU team. And granted, now TCU has struggled the last couple of weeks. You know, I've had to come back from major deficits against Oklahoma State and Kansas State, but those are two different animals. I mean, Oklahoma State and Kansas State are challenging for the Big 12 crown. West Virginia doesn't even look like a Big 12 team. What are they, 3-2-3 and or whatever it is. So I, I don't expect them to have much of a struggle. I think they've kind of gotten the... You know, the bad jitters out of their system for TCU. They gotten the scares out. Their next real test is probably going to be in a couple of weeks when they take on Texas. But I don't expect them to have too much of issue here with West Virginia. No, I I, I kind of agree with you there. I think uh, I think the same thing. There's a great one also at noon. Uh, Syracuse and the Irish. The Q's a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Notre Dame. That's a good game, brother. I'm surprised it's only one and a half. I mean, I know Notre Dame has looked decent a little bit here and there, but I Syracuse, and look, one call goes a rough in the passer call on one play is not a rough passer call on the other side. I mean, that could be the difference between Syracuse being unbeaten and having upset Clemson last week. So yeah. like, the margins were so thin. That For me, that tells me how good Syracuse actually is. Notre Dame is mediocre, and this is Syracuse at Syracuse. So uh, I'm all over the orange here because they can play defensively for sure and offensively they can move the ball. Notre Dame uh, leaves much to be desired offensively most weeks. Yeah, they they just do. They struggle. Uh, The cocktail party, what used to be the cocktail party. It still is, just not in name. You're right. Uh, 7-0 Bulldogs against Anthony Richardson and Florida. Georgia 23-and-a-half. Is there any way that this is one of those games that Florida gives them a scare? Not going to win, but do they, can they get scared? Like, like have it be within a touchdown maybe? Yeah. Uh, is there a way? Sure. Do I think it's likely? No. Uh, I think they basically will need Anthony Richardson to play like Cam Newton, which he kind of received some loose comparisons to coming into the season for obvious reasons. I get it. But he's not Cam Newton. <laughs> so he's had his share of struggles, especially passing the ball this year. So I would not be surprised if they covered the spread. Would you, say, would you say it was 23 and a half, 24? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they covered the spread. I will be shocked if it's a one-possession game, if they cover it by that much. If we're talking about this game is in doubt with, you know, even seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. 
All right, then tonight you got a great one. Kentucky, Tennessee, Tennessee, 7-0 against a tough Kentucky team. Don't write off Kentucky. No. Wildcats, my man Southside Chuck is all about them. Uh, Tennessee's a 12-point favorite. I think that's too many points. I think this game will be close. 12 points is a lot. You're right. And for Tennessee, you know, all the respect for them and to them, they've played well and have earned their way to this point. The expectations are now different. Tennessee has not been ranked this high in a long time. They're coming in. They're expected to win this game. They're expected at this point in time to at least challenge Georgia in the East. And so we'll see how that matchup plays out coming up here pretty soon. Uh, I do expect Tennessee to be able to to win, but I don't know if it's going to be a walkover. Kentucky is definitely tough. So then you got Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and you you got Michigan, Michigan State. You got a 7-1 Mississippi team, a 7-0 Michigan team. Either in trouble, either can either I don't think Michigan, I think Michigan Michigan State's bad. Yeah, and Michigan is uh is playing revenge, you know, because uh they've had uh, they've yeah. had uh, Michigan State's had Michigan's number for the last yes. few years. So, I think this is kind of a, a get right in the series. I think they the, Michigan I think here is all the criticism about they haven't played anybody. It's all cupcakes left and right. So now here's a major rival that has beaten them, you know, the last few years. I think they're going to come out extra motivated. So I'd be surprised if the Michigan Michigan State game is at all close. A&M is always going to be in any in any game because they have talent and it's at home. It's at home. Uh but the way Ole Miss can run that ball, man, is is ridiculous. That freshman Judkins, I believe, uh, if I always mis- pronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, man, he can run it. He run is the a rock. baller. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I just, that Texas A&M offense is, I mean, my God. <laughs> so, so just, just based on that, uh, I have to go with Ole Miss. All right, so that's your college slate for today, the big games that we'll be watching. And then, of course, it takes us into the World Series game, too. And this is a great matchup. Wheeler versus uh, Framber Valdez, the prize lefty for the Strohs, must win for the 106-win Astros against the 87-win Phillies. Wow. Ah, Wheeler's an ace. Ah, you know, what are you looking at, Vic? What do you think? I mean, I'm too close to it. I, I'm greedy. I want to go home too well. Well, one thing I'll say is the Phillies better not uh, try to make a habit out of getting down 5 nothing to Houston. So yeah. I'll say that. I think they're a very lucky fortunate, lucky, whatever word you want to use, to get down 5 nothing against a Hall of Famer and Justin Verlander. If that happens against Framber Valdez, I don't know if I necessarily see a comeback coming. Now, the fact that neither team, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, neither team has seen either pitcher, correct? Right. So usually that goes one of two ways. You either dominate or you get lit up the first couple of innings. So that's going to be the interesting part for me in this one. Who was able to get to the starter and, and more importantly get to the bullpen first because both bullpens are taxed. Both teams, I believe the Phillies used six pitchers on Friday and the Astros used seven. So you're using up a lot of arms. That's it. And Phillies did all their good ones. Yeah. Both teams used all their best relievers, every one of them. Yeah. I mean, the Phillies even dipped into their starting rotation with Suarez, you know? Yeah. Uh, So it it is vitally important that these guys, you know, whoever's going to win is going to get a quality start. And I mean quality as in going deep into the sixth and maybe even into into the seventh inning to save that bullpen. So that's going to be the all-important factor here. And I think you mentioned this earlier. I can absolutely see this being a pitcher's duel type of game. This can be one of those one nothing, two to one, three to two type of games. 
And at that point in time, I honestly don't know even, even know who that favors. Because both teams have had spectacular bullpen performances. Both teams can change a game with one swing of the bat because they have that kind of power, whether it's Alvarez for Houston or obviously Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, those kind of guys for Philadelphia. So it's a tough one to handicap because you have two dominant starting pitchers and two really a Houston lineup that has been spectacular all season long and a Philly lineup that's really found itself since the postseason has started. I'm with you, brother. Completely with you, man. So if I were a gambling man and I'm not, I would not touch this game. <laughs> so yeah. that's no, the way it, that I would put it. I agree, and and I certainly I wouldn't look at it from an Astro standpoint at all because I think they can easily lose this game. People go, well, the favorite, the mighty Astros. And I heard all this talk about how the Astros were – this thing was a mismatch. You know, that mad dog Russo, uh, Astros in four. I think Astros in four. <laughs> and I'm like, get the hell out of here, dude. You're not paying attention. I will say, even if Houston goes down 0-2, I still don't think they're out of it. Because I think they're that deep. They're yeah, that they're good. good. They're, 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 that good. Re- they're that resilient. Yeah. So it will be huge, absolutely, for Houston if they can go up, or excuse me, for the Phillies, if they can go up 2 nothing in the series. But by no means, if the Astros lose and go down 0-2, are they out of the series? No, but... Uh- you know, uh, we, we've seen them go through certain uh, runs of adversity before. I mean, you mentioned the Seattle closeout game where I think they got out big got out to a big lead Seattle chipped away came back they were able to come back and fight their way back into it so you know just uh, something to monitor there because that's all. yeah no you're right listen I feel you I feel you I just want to get them back and in, into the house of horrors Monday, <laughs> night, Monday night the asylum people are crazy too man people are gonna come in dressed up oh yeah yeah I was talking to A-Rod and uh over the weekend he's like dude he goes, he goes, I've never seen anything like it. He goes, I, this is unbelievable. He said, you got to get them to like me so I can, I want to, I, I want to be, I want to, I love this place. Good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> I had him on my local show yeah. and he was throwing bouquets at the fight. And so I go, listen, hey, Rod's a friend of ours. All right. Go easy on him. Because you know, the set's right in the outfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh it's yeah. crazy. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Hey, Rod's going to get it no matter where he goes. Yeah. Outside of New York, maybe in Texas and Arlington. Right. That might be about it. Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, Seattle. And there's yep. there's so many generations removed from him being there. Do they even remember him playing for Seattle at this? That's yeah, you know true. what? Prior to this year, the last time they made the playoffs, A-Rod was on the team. So yes, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right, let's uh, take a quick T.O. We'll come back, and we're going to be hanging out. We got our man, uh, the big brain on Brad, the betting analyst, is going to join us coming up to give you some winners. Fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back, fellas, live, that's right, the TireRack.com studios. Don't forget, on this Fox Football Saturday, what's happening a little bit later on, we'll keep you updated on everything, so you got to keep it right here. Now joining us, the big brain on Brad to take a look at today's action, this weekend's action from a betting standpoint, Bradley. Are you in a great mood this morning or what? So ask Figgy. (laughs) 
Fig? Yeah, fig? I mean, uh, it's flying on cloud was, uh, nine, Brad. I can't, I can't get this guy down. It's incredible. <laughs> it was that the World Series game. It was five nothing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I did not. Uh, now, Anthony, I don't know if he told people this morning yet. But he did make a rather, I thought, bold prediction that the Phillies would kind of borderline tattoo Verlander, and he loved the over in the game. So kudos to you once again, Anthony. That was a great call by you. Did not see that one coming. Thought the Phillies Thanks, would win. Brother. Did not think they would tattoo Verlander. Oh, and listen, I, listen. When he retired the first ten, I went, oh, maybe I'm going to be wrong here. But, <laughs> but you know, you yeah. know, what he, they profile well against him. Because they're a fastball-hitting team, and they're a two-strike approach-type team that gives you gives you some good pause. Now, today, I feel the opposite. Today, I think, is going to be a tough, tough matchup. I think it's a pitcher's duel. I think yeah. Valdez is nasty. I don't, I don't think they profile well against him, especially since the lefties are – he's tough on those lefties. So I, I, you know, I think to, I think now the Wheeler is going to be tough on the on the Strohs too. So I think this is a a, a pitcher's duel all the way. Yeah, look, I I think I agree with you 100. percent And people don't understand. I don't think you know because they're not as big a name. Verlander's a big name, but Valdez in has been a really consistent good pitcher for this Houston team, and he's a guy that is almost they can really count on. And I agree. I think it's going to be hard for Philadelphia to uh, to score tonight. I do. I really, really do. But, look, we'll see. But Zach Wheeler, in my opinion, Anthony, you've been following, obviously, if Phillies as close as anyone. Uh, in the postseason, uh, I think he's, in my opinion at least, he's been the guy I trust a lot more. Or I should say not a lot more, but more than Aaron Nola. Um, and this is the guy that they want on the mound. He's pitching his best baseball of the season. This was a guy, Anthony, that you, as you know, just last year was runner-up in one of the closest Cy Young votes ever, barely lost. Uh, he is a terrific pitcher who's pitching really well at the right time. Should be a great game, and uh, I do agree with you. Like The run in this game is seven, which is obviously a low total, but to me, there have been a lot of games in this postseason. Anthony has been six, six and a half. Um, I see this game being extremely low scoring. I like the under here as well. Yeah, it's funny. Yesterday was six and a half, and I'm thinking, yeah, I this think is it's a much low. Better, yeah, just a much better yeah. one. Yeah, I agree. This mm-hmm. is this is this is a much this is in my opinion. Um, for me, it's more so it wasn't the Verlander thing. For you, I know it was Valdez, but for me, I just trust Wheeler a lot more, and I trust Noah. Yeah, no, no, I, and I agree. And you know, the other thing too is Wheeler is just so tough on right-handers. He gets an extra day of rest. So the one thing I think that. Why they took him out early is his pitches tend to flatten out a little bit, and he loses a little bit of his velo, and he was doing that in the sixth inning. You give him an extra day rest, he can get you six, maybe seven. I I love that. I'm sure you're all over the prop where, what is it, 18 or 17 and a half outs? Six, six, six. 16 and a half, and you know me well. Yeah, guys, I bet Verla, I'm not Verla, I bet Zach Wheeler over 16 and a half outs. He basically goes over that every game. I'm also going to look to take Valdez. That hasn't come up yet. It's probably going to be 16 and a half also. I'm going to take both these pitchers over 16 and a half outs. Yeah. I will caution everyone. Again, as you see in the postseason, the hooks come fast. Especially, you know, so I, I will say, again, I, in this kind of spot, six innings is almost like the new nine innings. But 
in my opinion, I don't think the either team has a bullpen arm that's better than Valdez or Wheeler. I would only mess with the with with this bet with when I think it's really the ace of the team or is, is someone who's elite, elite. And I think both these pitchers are elite, so I'm comfortable doing it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I would also probably I completely agree because remember both bullpens have been exhausted. So I think also both managers are going to look to try to get some good quality innings from their starters. I absolutely agree. And again, like what's wrong with putting out your best pitchers and actually using them? Again, I I don't know. Again, there's a lot of things in, in sports I think have gone overboard with analytics, um, in my opinion. But um, I, I see, again, if I was these teams, especially, you know, Philadelphia, this is the guy you you brought that big contract in to pitch this game, to pitch in this spot. He's helped get you here. So to me, I would want you to rely on him until he said to me, you know what, yeah, I, I feel like my right. stuff's diminishing a little bit. And by the way, again, at this point of the year, I would hope, and I would think, Anthony, and you, you know, you're in the locker rooms all the time, I would think these guys would be honest enough to say, not, for lack of a better word, selfish, and they would admit, if they, don't, if they feel like they're tiring, they would say it at this point of the season and not try to be here, play hero ball, so to speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'd probably also look at some of their strikeout totals over, too, I think. Well, Wheeler's total is only four and a half, uh, and I, I, I know they, I know they make contact. Sure. Houston, yeah. yeah, Houston makes so much contact. Anthony, Houston, Cleveland are the two teams in baseball that are so hard to strike out. Cleveland was number one by a mile, but Houston, I think, was number two. So um, while I definitely lean over for Zach Wheeler, I prefer the fifth. Um, the 16 and a half outs, I'm more comfortable yeah. saying he gets five and two-thirds innings than necessarily he gets the five strikeouts. But that being said, I think he'll get the five strikeouts. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's take a little college football. Early on, Penn State, Ohio State, you as a Michigan man, you know both these teams well. It, it, I, you know, you know Fig, Fig and I have said we like to, if we would like Penn State if the game was at night and yeah, it was a whiteout. Right? It's crazy they didn't do that. It's it's like I don't understand why they didn't why they didn't go that route because uh, that whiteout always seems to be like they're kind of when the Flyers when they had Kate Smith thing their national anthem right back in the day. Um, the whiteout seems to be that magic thing for Penn State. Look, Ohio State had a lot of success against Penn State. They've won of nine of ten. But as you know, Anthony, a lot of it, a lot of those games have been very very tight, very very tight, and and and. Penn State has played this team well. Uh, I personally think Ohio State, in my opinion, is very beatable. I don't think they're some unbeatable and incredible team. Look, my numbers made this game 14. You know, you can you maybe get a tick higher than that. Um, I, I think there's better games to wager on. Uh, Penn State uh, started off the year looking really good, but for the most part, they really don't seem like this is a vintage Penn State team at all. Slight lean here to Penn State. I think they'll keep it close and can keep the game within around that 11 to 14 range. But um, Ohio State's offense is tough, but I lean here Penn State. All right. Uh, what about, you know, the game I like? I like Kentucky plus the points against uh, uh, Tennessee. Um, I think that that defense could keep them in the game. Now, obviously, the Vols' offense is ridiculous. But I think they could slow the game down a little bit, kind of control the ball so it's not a shootout, and I think they get it inside the number. Anthony, I agree with you 100%. And, look, Tennessee has been a team. They've been very good to me this year. That's been like a team that I I have crazy odds on them to win the SEC. I have 101 to win the SEC, so I followed them 
very wow. closely this year. They've been they've been very very impressive. They've been more or less the best offensive team in college football. But look, I uh, I agree with you here. I I not only do I think that Kentucky can cover this game, I wouldn't be shocked if they win the game. And again, yeah. I know how good. Tennessee's offense has been. They're averaging about 50 points a game and almost 600 yards of offense per game. But uh, Kentucky, this is going to be the best defense, in my opinion, they face um, all year. Um, and I, 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 again, my numbers had this one closer to eight and a half. So, you know, you get more, a lot more than that. I, I like Kentucky here, and I think the line's just a little bit too high against a very good Tennessee team. Uh, how about, let me ask you a question. Is Georgia... Is that just a route piece today, or is it? Yeah, it is should it, be. Yeah. It should be. I mean, look, it's funny. Florida, when the first started out year, but you know, but but Richardson is a dynamic player. But he's really not a great passer. I mean, yeah. they really, they really, really just isn't. Uh, and Georgia, look, they've probably been right up there as the most consistent team this year. In reality, look, this is a big number. My numbers made this like twenty three. It's you oh, wow. know. A little less than that, but it, it, it's I, I lean here slightly in the Georgia. I think they can cover this number. Uh, it's obviously a rivalry game um, that they play every single year. Um, but I just this Florida team, I just uh, don't trust them um, to get it done. And I think Georgia uh, offensively will ha- kind of have their way with, in my opinion, a very uh, limited Florida defense. And I don't trust Florida's passing game to be able to score enough here. So I lean here under, lean here Georgia. All right. Uh, I'm just curious because the fig loves Syracuse. I think he's on to something. You like they, the Cues yeah, against the Irish? Well, yeah, look, Syracuse. Yeah, look, I think Syracuse is going to win that game. I, my numbers made Syracuse. Um, I have Syracuse win this game. Yeah, I have Syracuse two points better here. Um, look, Dave, this has been a great story, and they, that was a tough one. I don't know if you saw how they lost the game. To Clemson with the, I don't know if you saw that yeah. they had a horrible roughing penalty that was I, I thought yeah. was not fair, um, and it cost them the game. Uh, Syracuse has played the harder schedule. Um, they look now they were out in the game and they they theoretically you know Clemson you know should have won in, the, in that aspect, but this has been a very consistent Syracuse team, um, and to me. Um, look, I think Syracuse is going to win this game. I do. I, I lean Syracuse here. I think they're the better team than Notre Dame. All right, Sid, Even I, with that tough emotional loss last week. I, 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 like, I, know, I know the Fig likes it. Sit, sit tight because we want to get to the NFL. But Fig, I know you like that. You're all over Syracuse. And then right. uh, you guys, two, two great minds right here. <laughs> well, the one big great brain mind. on Figgy, yeah. the big brain on Brad. No, I'm not comparing to Brad. Brad's the expert. I'm just a, I'm just a fan giving my insight. That's it. Uh, I'll give you some trending here right now. Well, I'll go back to Major League Baseball with the Phillies taking game one of the World Series in comeback fashion, falling behind 5 nothing. Had a couple of home runs early by Kyle Tucker of Houston. Phillies rallied back to tie the game at five apiece before JT Realmuto delivered the knockout blow in the top of the 10th off of Luis Garcia, the solo home run, giving them a 6-5 to victory and a one nothing series lead. Game two is scheduled for 8 p.m. Eastern tonight.
on Fox. In basketball, Portland improved to 5-1. No Damian Lillard in the lineup, no problem. They beat Houston 125-111. to Milwaukee still unbeaten 4-0. They improve to 4-0 with a victory over the Knicks, 119-108. to Phoenix, Denver, and the 76ers with victories as well. Lakers falling to 0-5 after a 111-105 to loss to Minnesota. Injury news out of the NFL. Saints receivers Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are both ruled out for their matchup against the Raiders. Debo Sam Samuel of the 49ers will not play against the Rams as he deals with a hamstring injury. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott doubtful for Sunday's matchup against the Bears with a knee injury. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. Thanks, Fig. We are the fellas. And don't forget, keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio Football fans because we got Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Every Saturday and Sunday, three hours before kickoff, tune in this morning at 9 Eastern Sunday tomorrow at 10 Eastern as we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, all presented by BetMGM. All right, uh, Big Brain, let's look at the pros, shall we? And let's start and uh, let's start with a game, a big favorite that I like. I'm curious where you stand, but I love the Cowboys against the Bears. Yeah, Anthony, that's Dallas, my biggest. But, yeah. That's that is my biggest bet of the week. Late nine, it's up to ten. Uh, big group released Dallas, which made that line go up. But I, I, Anthony, you know you talk about matchups all the time, and to me, matchup wise, this is just a nightmare for Chicago. Chicago's only grace of hope is they have a horrible quarterback, but a quarterback that can run. Uh, and Dallas, to me, New England didn't have the athleticism, didn't have the team speed to stop Fields. Dallas does. Dallas is probably the fastest defense in football right up there. Uh, I think this is going to be uh, an absolute horrible game for Chicago. Um, I see this game being, I think Dallas will be able to get 27-ish plus points, and I really think the Bears are going to struggle. They even score double digits. I really do love this matchup, love this spot. Dak second game back. I think we're going to see a better game from him. I really like Dallas here, Anthony. I give, and it, by the way, I do think Chicago is a little better than I thought. Even though they made that trade, giving up Robert Quinn uh, to Philadelphia, but they actually are playing tougher and harder than I was uh, expecting. But that being said, I don't think this is the right matchup for them to get a cover. I like Dallas here very much. Well, that's good. We're on the same page. How about this one? Um... The London game, uh, Russ doing all his work on the plane while everybody else is sleeping. <laughs> I mean, yo, bro, you know, easy on the, you, on the me, mean, me, 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 me. Is, is there been an athlete that you can recall? I mean, that's kind of more like become like a, I hate to say it, I mean, more like a joke than Russ Wilson now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, his, if you think about how he was viewed before the season to how he's viewed now, Oh, he used man. to be like, what the heck happened to me? And plus factor in the Geno Smith thing on top of it. Like, he used to be like, what happened to my life? Uh, but look, this game, Anthony, lean uh, under here or anything else. I just don't trust uh, either team here to be able to score any points. I really don't. I know it's a low number. I get it. But uh, I just think both teams are going to struggle drastically to score points here. I don't trust this Denver offense even at all, 1%. And Denver's defense has been, in my opinion, the best defense in pro football. So I'm going to lean here to the under. Uh, listen, I, I like it. Uh, I could totally see it. I kind of like 
uh, and Jacksonville. And I bet under 71 and a half yards. I thought that was a little bit too high. As much as I like ETN, he's really, yeah. really good. It's I made defense, that total close to 61. Yeah. So I thought it was a little bit too high. So I did bet ETN under 70, 71 or 72 and a half. Or I like could that. see that. I could see that. I, I actually like Jacksonville. I just think they they – I could see them tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I would look. I, 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 I look. I, I had them last week over club Giants. I lost. I mean, J- Jacksonville. Look, they're a two and five team that really has lost a lot of close games. They could easily be better for sure. Uh, Denver, same thing. Again, both these teams easily could be probably five and two, six and one. If just another play went their way in a bunch of games, but they've all they both lost lost a bunch of close games. I think part of Jacksonville's undoing Anthony, and I can't. I, Doug Peterson, who I, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but he, again, these coaches who treat field goals like they're cancer, it's amazing to me how they consistently lose. It's amazing to me. Uh, when you go for fourth and twos at, your, at the 20-yard line, as if it's an automatic touchdown if you get it, and you get no points, it's amazing how you lose those games by one or two time Ain't after it, time after time. Uh, you're right on, brother. You're right on. You get the Lions a uh, puncher's chance? I kind of like Detroit someday. Yeah, I do. Listen, because this is the first listen. Now, a lot of sharp groups actually and they gave out Miami, which just raised this line from three to three and a half. I don't see it. Um, I don't. And the reason is, is I think Detroit's not getting enough credit for finally, and I mean finally, getting their players back after weeks of being injured. They're getting their two biggest playmakers. I mean, Rama Ross St. Brown got a high ankle sprain. Then yeah. he got injured in the first play with a concussion. And DeAndre Swift, who Anthony, you, you know, you've seen him. He's, he's an explosive, explosive player. He's the kind of guy who makes really big plays or whatnot. And to me, look, I think it's going to be a closer game than that. I, I really do. I, I, my numbers made this closer to two. So getting over the Magic field goal, I definitely need here to the underdog lines. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, too. Um, hey, how about Niners and Rams? I it's funny. I, I look at the matchup, and it's like Niners, Niners, Niners. However, yeah. they are banged up. They just played three weeks ago. They, you know, losing a lot of a lot of defense. Rams coming off a bye. How do you how do you handicap this game? That's a really hard game for me, Anthony. Uh, for the reasons you just said, um, I did not wager on this game. Um, reason being is, I, it's hard for me to really handicap. Actually, really hard for me to handicap San Francisco right now. I really hard for me to figure out how I'm ranking their defense. I thought it was the best defense in pro. I've had a number of injuries which have downgraded that defense. I'm not sure how healthy Bosa is. Um, and then Debo Samuel, who to me, now again, obviously they added Christian McCaffrey, I understand, but Debo Samuel to me is such an important player to them. He does everything for them. Him missing in this game, uh, and then this is a game the Rams had the week off. They need this game. I, To me, again, I, I didn't play this game, Anthony, uh, but I always say everyone out there, Watch the games, live bet it. It could be a great opportunity. But I will say matchup-wise, and we saw that last game they played, they, they struggled against their front. They could not protect Matt Stafford. So it would be very tough for me to wager on the Rams here because I can't trust their offensive line. Yeah, I hear you on that one, brother. I do. I look at the same thing. Now, you give Rodgers any shot? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I look at that game. No. I, I like Buffalo all day long. No. Yeah, Yeah. no, I do not give them any shot. Again, I, I look, I think at this point – you're seeing the, the Packers logo, and you're saying, oh, God, how are they getting this many points? But, look, it's very justifiable why they're just not good. They're not good. Um, this is, you know, the, the worst Green Bay team maybe since Aaron's been there or right up there since he's been there. He's had such a remarkable career. 
doesn't have any weapons. I mean, Sammy Watkins is his now number one receiver. Sammy Watkins, the same Sammy Watkins, has been released by five teams the last five years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just it's hard. And, again, I, I always – Anthony, when they lost Devontae Adams, and I caution, now again, now credit to Mahomes, he's done it without Tyreek Hill, but I still think at the end of the day that's going to bite them because of that one trade. But when you trade your best players and just say next man up, no big deal, well, it is a big deal. And to me, you took away his, his security blanket and you see as great as he is, the rest of him crumble pretty quickly. I'm with you. All right, real quick, we got like 30 seconds. Any other games you like to, uh, tomorrow or today with college that we didn't cover? Uh, well, we talked about Anthony. I, I do like Anthony. I'll give you. I still I like Indianapolis um, yeah, against Washington, and I say that Anthony because I do think that who the heck was Matt Ryan? And I I, I think Gallinger could be an upgrade. Um, and I lean there against a very, I, in my opinion, best average Washington team. And I do like Jonathan Taylor over seventy two and a half yards. They go get a hundred plus. And I do like Michael Pittman over four and a half receptions. Anthony he goes over that about eighty percent of the time. I like it. I like it. Big brain, listen, great stuff, and enjoy the World Series with the fighting Phillies. You want to bet them for the series, right? Yeah. Again, I this is yeah. I I like Philly here, and uh, we will we will see if they can get it done. Again, this is this is uh, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a long series. Again, I think it's gonna be a long series. But there's something about this Philadelphia team, and I think last night's game showed it. Anthony, this is not the run of the mill. Uh, underdog team that's just happy to be here. Uh, they're tough, and there's something about them, the way they're playing at this exact moment. They're going to be a real hard team for Houston to beat. I'm with you. All right, brother. Good luck. Have a great weekend, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate you. The best. Big brain on Brad. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Figgy, Psycho Chris, I'm Cuz, live from the Tyrac.com studio right here on Fox Sports all right, welcome back, fellas. Live from the Tyrac.com studios. How you feeling there, Ethan? Because Ethan's feeling my fantastic. Uh, yeah, my Philly brother. Dude, this is like a, a Hollywood script. You know, I, I, know. I'm, I, I I'm speechless. That's why I didn't talk on that. I can't talk. I, 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 I figure you're bored out dead, like everybody else. I don't know what's it's emotional. going on. I'm writing the script. I'll let you know when it's done. Well, of course. You, you guys got to save some, man. You need three more wins here. I, you know, <laughs> so it's like as elated as I'm sure all of Philadelphia is, and it was a spectacular victory. That's how still, we get. Job's not done, as a, as a Philly great Kobe Bryant said back in the day. You're right on, Fig. Listen, that's why I need you to ground us. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You know what? Well, you're a great sportsman. Because people know I was sharing videos with uh, with Figgy over this run, like being there and the game and stuff, and you know, you, you you I know you appreciate this stuff because yeah, you love sports the way I love sports. Like we, it's it's that we can channel that almost childlike yes. exuberance over it. You see a video and there's like you know sixty year old men you know falling over like their children. Oh, the the just the elation over the Bryce Harper home run. <laughs> I mean, it was really a sight to see. That's spectacular. That's what sports is all about, man. That's why we do this. It's true, man. It's so nuts. It's like it's insane. We do. We love it. We love every piece of it, every second of it. And that's why this whole thing. And listen, you're right about one thing. The Astros are good, and mm. they're not going to go away quietly. And 
you know, even like I look at tonight in game two with uh, Framber Valdez and Wheeler, as much as I feel good about, you know, the, the Phillies having their ace on the mound, Valdez is, is not a good matchup for the Phillies. No. And if they win, if the Astros come back and they win, it's great that they got 1-1, but I think, still think this series is probably going to go six or seven. Yeah, it has six or seven written all over it. You know, I guess the only fear or issue for the Phillies is the the starting depth. You know, because after one and two, then you start getting a little bit like, mm. whereas Houston has kind of the lights out bullpen. They can light you up offensively. So it's almost as if if you're the Phillies, you need to maximize as many opportunities to win these games uh, with Nola and with Wheeler starting as you possibly can. Now, we'll, I will say this. Uh, Ranger Suarez has been really good. Yes. And he's good yeah. at home. And although last night he came in relief because it was – and he's, he's eerily calm yes. for a young pitcher. You see how poised he is? Very much so. And uh, doesn't get rattled easily either. So – and to have the versatility to be able to start and coming out of the pen, came in out of the pen – to help close out the last series as well against the Yankees, yeah. you know. Yeah. So to to have that versatility, certain is a is a, is a good attribute to have. But to your point, I mean, you know, you know, again, that Houston pitching staff is pretty is pretty nasty, pretty dominant. Pretty, you know, so uh, you know, it's going to be great. It's fun. I'm glad everybody's enjoying it. Um, and I hope people are enjoying it. And we got a lot of football of the weekend. The one game you're excited about, Fig. Well, if I'm going to be selfish, I want to see the, the Raiders get back on track here and keep keep that winning going and keep Josh Jacobs, get that uh, fire behind him against New I Orleans. Love it. That's what I'm looking All forward right. we to. We love you guys. Have a great week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.